All right, people, let's do this one last time. This is the way. Who am I? I am Iron Man. Romamu, I've come to bargain. We know each other. He's a friend from work. You may be wondering why the red suit. Well, that's so bad guys can't see me bleed. I am vengeance. I am the knight. I am Batman. Beware my power. Green Lantern's life. That is America's ass. Language. Hey, you know what? There's another name you might know me by. Star-Lord. Who? Star-Lord, man. Legendary outlaw. You can't win, Darth. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you could possibly imagine. I am inevitable stop right there i'm in <laughs> hello you freaky geeks and welcome to a brand new episode of the flavor of the geek podcast where we talk about all things geek my name is matthew carvalho and i'm joined today by michael mccaughey how you doing today hey man my favorite part was the dog <laughs> that was everyone's favorite part mm-hmm. <laughs> i think that's the, the the wrong line but all right steven how's how are you doing today steven i'm living the dream man please don't wake me up nice <laughs> did you say both of them or is that just one of them that was just one. <laughs> <laughs> okay all right i was just curious <laughs> all right guys i hope everyone's doing well thank you so much for listening today uh so yeah this is episode eight of our podcast we're going to talk about only marvel today it's only marvel news that we have going on at the moment and uh We're going to start off with a few different topics and then end with our Hawkeye episode three review. Uh, But before we get into that, we're just going to say, how how are we doing today? Like, what's up? What's up for this week? (sighs) Is it a question to the public? Yeah, it's a question to question to all you guys. It's going to be like Dora the Explorer. We ask the audience and we give them enough time to respond (laughs) and then we keep going. Swiper, no swiper. Can you see swiper? Did I I have to point it towards someone? All right, Stephen. Oh, yes. How was your day? How's your week going? (sighs) The week has been okay. Uh, It's been a struggle on the job site at times, you know. Um, We did. We we broke a a record that we had on our crew. Um, We were installing floors for the first couple of days of the week. And the record for doing a downstairs of flooring is about an hour and 25 minutes. And that's by the guys that, you know, are, are, are in charge. They're just, they haul ass and they're, they're really good at their jobs. Anyway, uh, so me okay. and one other guy, we, um, one of, the, one of uh, actually, you know, in Bram, we, uh, we worked downstairs in, downstairs in one of the, uh, the units and we told ourselves we're going to set a goal for ourselves. We're going to try getting an hour and 20 minutes we're going to each take a uh, position, you know, we're going to do a bulk work and then we'll split off into the hallways and all this, you know, anyway, I'm telling you way too much of the story, okay. but long story short, no, you're good. Um, I get to the end of my spot and he's behind me and he has the timer. He goes, you want to know the time? I go, I do. He goes, an hour and 14 minutes. And I was like, what? We broke the record by 11 minutes. This is awesome. Okay. Wow. But for the rest of the day, mm. I was exhausted because we hauled ass. So... Um, oh, man. I thought you were going to say when you broke a record that you, uh, it was the day you chopped off most of the limbs. Oh yeah. Most limbs. So, um, one day, two weeks ago, it was two, uh, limbs, um, this week. <laughs> it was nothing. So, I mean, I, I still hold the record for that nice. two weeks ago. 
Good. You know. Good. Uh, All right. Well, that sounds fun. Sounds like a fun day. Congratulations on breaking a record. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> Happy to be here. And Happy Michael, here. Michael, how you doing? Hey, man. You know, it's it's hard work out where I am. You know, I'm I'm out yeah. there. I'm breaking my back. I'm sweating. I'm. We got there's so many different operations running. We have not only Excel spreadsheets, but we have Microsoft Oof. Access databases too. Okay. Oof. I'm sweating just you thinking try about to compact, it. I can't. Oh, no. You try to compact and repair a Microsoft Access database without breaking a few beads of sweat. It's not happening. Okay? <laughs> compact and repair. Stretch the fingers. You Have know? you ever run a VLOOKUP? It's grueling. It is grueling. My carpal tunnel is screaming at me. I'm sure. Okay? I'm sure. So oh, we're out, you know, some people... Some people jump out of airplanes for their adrenaline yeah. kick, okay? I try to run a V-lookup on two columns that I'm not sure have matching criteria all the way down, all right? <laughs> nice, you know? dude. Yeah, well, man, it's, it's crazy. congratulations on, crazy, on that so. as well. So, uh, <laughs> it's a true honor to be in your presence, man. You do a hard work. Thank you, work. thank you. I agree. I completely yes, I'm agree. I'm bowing down. I'm awesome. Yes, you me, but I'm can't bowing see it, down. but yeah. No. <laughs> What's your secret? Mm. Uh, crippling depression. Said, Oof. I got to work on that. That's, that's, the, that's the sweet spot right there. <laughs> <laughs> that's the sweet spot indeed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I'm, I've just been selling a bunch of travel recently since uh, Black Friday was last week. Our company has a lot of, uh, a lot of good deals, up to 20% off. Uh, so dope. I've been selling over... Yeah, hundred thousand dollars with the are the people listening to this podcast are not my demographics, so I'm not not selling to them. But. Where uh, where are people going? You know, a lot of people are going to the UK. There, because since that opened up again, oh. people are going to UK. Uh, but travel oh. is sort of shutting back down again. Um, I heard about that. A lot of places in Europe are level four. Yeah. Africa is not doing too well, and South America is not doing the greatest either. Uh, Canada has all these crazy restrictions on people on their their uh, citizens traveling, and the U.S. doesn't really give a fuck about anything. So. <laughs> hey, <man. laughs> so, makes us America, but, baby. You know how it is. But yeah, America, <laughs> fuck yeah, fuck yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, but me and Tori are going to Poland in uh, about a month now. Are you we're going to Poland? Actually, less than a month. We're going to we're going to Poland this month. Actually, isn't uh, isn't there I'm, COVID cases yeah. uh, one of the highest in in the uh, in the world right now? Yeah. Wow. Right. It is. It's However, they have not closed down. The flights haven't canceled, so we're still going. Uh, hopefully, we'll oh, try good. to be as safe as possible. Yeah, it's not the yeah. smartest move, but we'll try to be as safe as possible while we're out there. Yeah. But we'll remember this. We'll go back to this episode someday. I will okay. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> no, not in like a morbid way, but it's just like when you <laughs> cut when to the, a month from now, he's just he's not when doing the man's well. riddled with COVID. We'll go back. Like, oh, yeah, it's fine. We'll go. <laughs> Well, I mean, <laughs> the most exciting part of my week is where this Monday we uh, I got Spider-Man No Way Home tickets for Ooh. opening day, December 16th. We're going to see Spider-Man it's, No Way dude, Home. Dude, that's go, two weeks go. from today. Oh, yes. I know. That's crazy. It what? Is. That You're is right. Not, I did yeah, not think about that. You were correct. Far away. December just started. Ooh. It's already flying by. Wow. Yep. Okay. Well, I hope so. I hope it just... <laughs> Oh, it flies by only to December 16th and then mm. goes slower the rest of the time. Mm. So I don't want the it year won't. to be over. I don't want it to be 2022 just yet. 
Just it's, yet. it's approaching way too fast, man. But I'm looking forward to 2022. There are a lot of uh, great things coming in 2022. Uh, speaking of, what uh, what's what's in 2022, Stephen? What a segue. Wow. Good. <laughs> so uh, I'm actually getting married in, in 2022. Ooh. Yeah. What? Yes, I is. am. I am engaged right now. I've been engaged since. You're engaged? Yeah. I've been engaged since Mike, last did you really year. not know that? No, of course, of course I know. That. <laughs> it's for a fact. Okay, I was Just like, wait a minute. <laughs> oh, what? Say more. Damn. Say more right now. Who is this? Who are you? I know. I'm a mystery. I've been engaged since last December 2020. So uh, we have... December 12th was the day you proposed, right? Yeah. We're approaching the uh, one year yeah. anniversary. It's really nice. You remember that day. Look at that. Aww. All right. Because you were planning it for months before that. So oh, yeah. I remember just thinking December 12th, December 12th, December 12th. I planned that date and 10 months in advance. It's 12-12. It's so good. It's yeah. so easy. Exactly. Um, I planned that 10 months in advance. I didn't, and it was right before the pandemic actually hit. So as soon as everything went to shit, I was like, well, damn, I don't know what to do. But it ended up working everything out. Fell apart. It all fell apart. I was like, damn it. Love prevailed, even though it did. everything it fell did. apart. Ugh. So we're getting married in July. We're getting married at a, a nice uh, church. at um, What day? July 15th, actually. Ooh, so close to ours. When's yours? Oh yeah, July, uh, July 12th. 12th. Right? Wow, holy crap! Yeah, I know, Matt, I know all these Matt, dates. you have dude. a great memory. <laughs> that's fan- that's in- that's half incredible and half really. It's scary. not. It's not really that impressive. Yeah. <laughs> Only because I was we were guessing birth dates the other day, and I I said Marina's was uh, July 12th, and I was like, wait a minute. That's not it. <laughs> Hers is what June 7th. Is that what her birthday? That's is? That's correct. Okay. Okay. Good. 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 We're, we're getting what else dates. do you want Let's to tell go. America in the, in the entire world? What is your social security <laughs> no. number? No, no, no. It's One, okay. Two, Sorry. Three, four, <laughs> Sorry. I won't say anything. <laughs> I'm, okay. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> but I, I did want to share the story about how I got the Spider-Man No Way Home ticket. Yes, I was going to ask I, you. I wanted to, what was that experience I like for you? I wanted to cry. Oh, man. It was uh, – well – so for anyone who's listening and doesn't know, we, we live on the East Coast, so Eastern Standard Time, of course. Uh, and Sony had announced that at 12.01 Eastern Standard Time, they were going to be dropping the tickets uh, for everyone to buy. So, of course, in, in the West Coast, it was 9 p.m. And in the, on the East Coast, it's, 11, it's 12 p.m., 12 a.m. So, uh, I mean, I was just planning on staying up till 12.01, buying the tickets real quick, and then going to bed, right? Because I had, I had work the next morning, obviously. Uh, but it gets to 11.30, and I'm like, oh, man, I'm so tired. I just want to go to bed. <laughs> but I stuck through it, and I started watching um, a YouTube video, so a live ticket event YouTube video to see, make to make to just to see what, what was going on in the world of Spider-Man tickets. And... At 12.01, things started crashing. Websites started crashing. Cinema World. uh, Just pretty much every Fandango, every single movie ticket exchange place was crashed at 12.01 because everyone was waiting until this moment to get the tickets. And I just kept refreshing, 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 listening to what they were saying on the YouTube video and then... And then uh, trying to do that. Eventually, around 12.45 in the morning, I was able to download the Atom app because the Atom even down, even crashed. And it just kept, wow. it just kept saying, sorry, come back later, come back later. But I'm, I'm my, here now. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. our 
our theater, the one that's closest to us, uh, the moment I tried going on that one first, sold out. Every single seat was sold out. So that was disappointing. So I started looking at the ones next to us that are closest to us. And I ended up getting <laughs> six seats for for two different theaters, just in case, just in case one of them messed up. So it was uh, exhausting. Um, I almost cried, almost. But I had my phone out, my laptop, and I was just like going going to town on both of them. Not like that, though. Hot. Uh, you, know, you know what I mean. You have a Get sick mind. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah it was pretty intense and i've when i officially went to bed around 1 1 30 uh yeah i was pretty i was happy just so tired just but really mostly happy because we're finally going to be seeing this movie in two weeks after so long of a wait but i am so excited uh, me mike steven and a bunch of other people are going to be going to see this on uh, on summer 16th so two weeks from now uh, Mike, are you excited about it? About Spider-Man? Are you excited about seeing Spider-Man? I have been looking forward to this movie since, I mean, when did they first even even announce it? <laughs> uh, I think I am, right around the time the other, the first, second one came out. Yeah, I, I haven't been this excited to go see a uh, a Marvel movie really since like Endgame. Yeah. Yep. Um, oh, yeah. I would say upwards of eighty to eighty five percent of my excitement is McGuire based, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which I think okay. a lot of people can relate to. It's warranted. Um, yeah. Of course. You know, uh, earlier today I was thinking about all the Spider Men, and then I thought about Spider Man, and then I thought about Andrew Garfield, and then my mind went Spider Man Drew Garfield. <laughs> I don't know if that's already a thing. But I assume Spider-Man it is. Spider-Man Drew Gar- Garfield. Yeah, no, I think, you, I think you coined that one, dude. I'm going to trademark you. that TM, 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 TM. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, most most of my uh, my excitement is uh, is about Tobes McGuobes, and I just hope that he's in it. Mm. You know, I, At this point, it's, it's practically confirmed, right? But there's been enough it's... leaks to fill up a toilet, as they say. Um, yeah. But, it's the uh, worst kept secret in, ho- in Hollywood. Yeah, it really is. Um, so, I mean, imagine if they're not though, imagine if they cut that out would be the, movie. the the amount of blue balls that I would have mm-hmm. leaving the theater if they just didn't show up. That would be, I, I actually, I don't even know if I could be mad if that happened. I would be impressed if, yeah. if they did like fake, <laughs> like fake the leaks and in, in it ended up being that they weren't in it at all and they just never referenced it, that would be so crushingly disappointing. So funny. But it would so, be so, so funny. funny. I it think would so be too. so incredibly funny. Or if they are on screen for like two seconds and like a both immediately get crushed by something and die. <laughs> just like, oh, <laughs> like they swing in and then <laughs> the, the shield from, uh, from the Statue of Liberty just crushes both of them to death immediately. That would oh, be God. so funny. And- and that's I, where Tom Tom Holland Spider Man's uh, line where he says, "I can't save everyone." You can't Don't save everyone. <laughs> exactly. Oh, two, they're, they're both already dead. <laughs> Tom Holland and Andrew Garfield both getting crushed by a um, Statue of Liberty, uh, yeah. and Peter, Peter uh, Tommy McGuire's Spider Man goes, "There can only be one." Could, yeah, yeah, it's like Highlander. Be, exactly. He was the one who pushed it off. It was him that killed. Yeah. Him. Oh, and yeah. he's yeah, he's the true. And then we—that's where the next series of three movies are. Tom Holland, yeah. Tom Holland, uh, quote unquote, signed on, but it's actually Tobey Maguire coming back for his uh, his <laughs> true be. trilogy. That'd that's be actually uh, 
it's a huge, yeah, we got big discussion about that. It's actually t- topic number one. But I first want to hear, Stephen, are you excited to see Spider-Man No Way Home in a couple weeks? Meh. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> well, <laughs> just kidding. I'll go fuck myself then. <laughs> Honestly, I, I am in a total agreement with Mike here. Um, I have not been this excited about any kind of uh, oh, installment before so uh, since uh, Endgame. As soon as... The uh, first trailer for sure. of Endgame came out. I remember where I was. I was in an Aldi's grocery store. I was picking out some snacks to hang out with some, with some friend. And I called said friend. And I was like, did you just watch this trailer? He goes, I did, man. It was fucking epic. And I was like, yeah. And we started coming up with theories at that point. And I was like, what if this happens? What if that happens? And almost like 50% of the things that we had talked about that we thought were going to happen happened in the movie. Now, most of the movie was fan service. We know that. Most of this movie, I hope, isn't the same. I hope there's a lot of story to be told and, and told well. I just I just hope that there also is some fan service here. You know, we've been waiting for so long. You know, ever since Spider-Man you know was... Um, like, ever since the first Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire was released in, what, 2000, 2002? I don't even remember when it was released. 2002. 2002. I actually started watching it last night. Yeah, yeah so 2002. 2002 was the release. So ever since that that first release, we've been building up a universe that didn't exist in the MCU, but it existed out there, you know? And then mm-hmm. they had the, the second movie, the third movie, and it's like that. You get, three, you get two villains that are absolutely iconic. You have... Uh, green, uh, green. Go- I was a Green Lantern. Uh, green Goblin, and um, Doc Ock. And then the third one, you have you know Venom and Sandman and. and uh, no, have- don't just dismiss the two of them. With I'm that going tone to of dismiss <laughs> at least Venom. How dare I'm at least you. going to dismiss Venom because that was utterly you. horrific. Okay, I when I, when I first watched it in, in theaters, I thought that was one of the coolest things ever. But then when you when you rewatch something that you thought was a masterpiece, again, you're like, oh my god, was this what I loved back then? This is terrible. Oh, Topher no. Grace is the greatest villain to ever grace the Spider-Man silver screen. Yeah. How dare wow. you? you know, that's a, that's wow. a lot of contradiction there, but you know what? Well, no, we just lost all of our followers. I know, it's weird. Zero everyone. viewers. <laughs> no, but... See you, chump. Yes, <laughs> we'll say to you, Steve. All right. You just lost us. everyone. It's like, all right. Well, after those three installments with with um, McGuire, you then have Amazing Spider-Man one and two, and you are introduced to Andrew Garfield's take on uh, Peter Parker as well as Spider-Man. Now I've already given what I thought you know every person was best suited for. Like Tobey Maguire was uh, a really great Peter Parker. Um, Andrew Garfield was a very a, a really good. Um, Spider-Man, Spider-Man, very quippy, mm-hmm. very you know agile. Good Spider-Man. Quips. Yeah. Um, whereas Tom Holland was a mix of both, which is great. Um, but you've gone from 2002, the first ever, the first Spider-Man movie with Tobey Maguire, to now in 2021, we've had so much story to be told in that amount of time, mm-hmm. and we're finally going to to be rewarded, hopefully, with not just the villains, like our favorite villains from all of these different universes, but also our favorite Spider-Men. And hopefully their stories can keep going. I can understand if they might kill one or two of them, or just, you know, it might happen. 
they might bring in more than just these um, Spider-Man. Like, they might bring in Miles Morales. They might bring in um, Spider-Gwen. They might bring in <laughs> Noir Spider-Man or uh, the Spider-Pig <laughs> or like like those kind of, 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 of Spider-People. Like, we could really start the Spider-Verse this way. It would be so freaking epic. Even if they didn't um, include those Spider-People, if they included another villain that we had seen in... Like the the Miles Morales video games or even the Spider Man video oh, games. Bone saw. That would be really cool. Mm. But there's so much that can be done with this movie. There's so much potential. And every, this entire year we've I know we're gonna do a uh, like a recap uh, episode at some point uh, at the end of the year, but this entire year we've had a lot of different movies come out and a lot of different uh, MCU um, T V series come out. And where ev- as every single one of them was unique in their own way. I didn't. I wasn't as hyped for any of them the way that I'm. I'm hyped up for this movie because we have audience members that are in their like late twenties, thirties, forties that have been dedicated to this franchise, the Spider-Man, since the nineties, since the, the early two thousands, and now we're gonna see these people come together on the big screen once again, and I am absolutely excited for it i don't know what is gonna happen i have a lot of theories we've talked about a few of them in the last few episodes of the podcast but i just i just i just cannot wait to sit in the chair no matter what no matter where we're actually going whether it be um the first one the earlier showing or the later showing i don't care wherever we decide that we're gonna go i'm gonna sit down with some popcorn with some snacks with some really cool people <laughs> that I I uh, that I love. I love you guys. Um, and we're going to have a Aww. great freaking time. And then we're going to talk Man, I got so it. much afterwards. I got a 34-pack yes, of Dunkaroos, and I'm ready to chow Ooh, down. Yeah. Yeah. Well, crunk that was dunk. perfectly said, Steven. And that leads best into the next topic, or the first topic, the main topic, number one, which I would like to read now. So... Amy Pascal was in an interview with Fandango when she said this. This is not the last movie that we are going to make with Marvel. Shut the front door. This is not the last... No, yeah. Surprise, You shut the fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) This is not the last Spider-Man movie. We are getting ready to make the next Spider-Man movie with Tom Holland and Marvel. It just isn't part of... Dot, dot, dot. We're thinking of this as three films, and now we're going to go on to the next three. This is not the last of our MCU movies. She concluded by noting Marvel and Sony are going to keep going together as partners. So this was uh, this hit the headlines a couple days ago when she had said this in an interview with Fandango. But one part that kind of stood out, but no one really put in their quotes of, of her quote. because So I had to look very, very hard for them for, to get the full quote from what she actually said because in everyone else who wrote about what she said they didn't put it's just isn't part of they left that part out and just went right into oh, we're thinking of as three films so but i think that's probably the biggest part of it all it's just isn't part of what what was she going to say when uh when <laughs> when she stopped herself and said maybe i should not say this Let's continue. <laughs> so I, you know what? 
Mike, I'll start with you. What do you think she was going to say about it just isn't part of what? What isn't it part of, Mike? If I had to guess based on what's going on with this next movie, I'm assuming she was going to say it just isn't part of this universe. Mm. Uh, You know, that's the first thing that popped into my mind that whether he ends up getting stuck somewhere else and then that if he ends up getting sucked... uh, sucked into the multiverse right because that's that's the whole that's the whole thing right now that's kind of the 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 hot topic of all these these movies that are happening it's all leading into this multiverse so maybe he gets uh maybe he finds himself literally far from home in a different universe and that could bring in a whole cast of characters and and what have you yeah but that's that's my best guess either that or I mean, the, honestly, to be completely honest, the very first thing that popped into my mind was this isn't part of the MCU, but that doesn't make any sense. Was he going to show right. up in Batman Town? I don't think so. You know? But, <laughs> but it, <laughs> but it doesn't make sense guess, only uh, because of what she says next, you know? Like, this is not the last of our MCU movie. So, it, but this is the only MCU movie that you created with Marvel. The, the Venom movies and the Morbius movies are not technically part of the MCU, even though at the end mm. of the last Venom movie, spoilers. Spoiler, spoiler alert. Spoiler, spoiler alert. alert. <laughs> All right, yeah. At the end of the last Venom movie, he gets Venom gets transported into the MCU. But I have a feeling he's not going to stay there for long. I think that maybe Tom Holland, Spider-Man, tries to help the villains get, get back to their universes. And while trying to help Venom get back to his... They get stuck, and that's where the no way home comes from, because there isn't yet a no a way home. So the next couple movies may take place in another universe, but then eventually he'll come back to yeah, the MCU so. at some point. But I don't think Spider-Man's gone for good in the MCU. It's just very confusing the way she worded it. But Stephen, what are your thoughts on what she said? Um, so I had sort of the same uh, thought process as Mike here, where you know, maybe he's it's a different universe. It's not part of the same uh, Spider-Man, like Tom Holland Spider-Man universe. Maybe he's thrown somewhere else in the end of the movie. But, you know, just to be a little different and be complicated, whatever, maybe he's, she's talking about a different <laughs> timeline. Maybe it's referring to not just Tom Holland Spider-Man's story, but now expanding to multiple Spider-People's stories, whether it be... Um, Going back to like the forties and in a different universe, uh, Spider-Man Noir, maybe, or um, interesting, or going into the future and doing Spider-Man twenty ninety nine instead. Twenty ninety nine. Yeah. We can touch upon, or what if? Well, fuck it. Why not just have a, so a timeline cool. jump in like different segments? Like the first part is the the present day Spider-Man of whatever universe we're we're going with. Um, maybe it's Tobey Maguire's fourth installment at first. Hell yeah. And then it jumps to, and then there's this kind of weird time jump. You go to the Spider-Man Noir, then you go to Spider-Man 299, then you go to, um, another timeline. Maybe it doesn't have to be just one Spider-Person story the entire way through. Maybe that's what she's talking about, about saying it's not, it isn't a part of Tom Holland's story. Maybe it's not a part of this timeline, this current, the present time, like where it's 2024 or whatever the, wherever this is taking place. What if it's a different timeline? Well, the thing is that she says, 
I, I know I understand what you're saying, but she says this is it's literally. Uh, so it says we are getting ready to make the next Spider-Man movie with Tom Holland and Marvel. It just isn't part of. So why would, I don't understand why she would say that about Tom Holland and Marvel, but then say it's just not part of Tom's story or Tom Holland's Spider-Man. I just don't get why she would. It just doesn't make sense that she would say it like that. Well, no, but it, I I agree. She could. They could be making other stories with. Uh, with Marvel that include other Spider-Men or, or Spider-Woman or yeah. even Spider-Gwen. It could be other Spider-Men. I mean, maybe, maybe it's something like maybe we are getting Miles Morales. And so then Tom Holland kind of becomes a side character. He be, takes on a mentor role. I would right? totally be oh, for that, yeah. He's kind of raising the next Spider-Man. I mean, granted, he's, it's not like he's old in this, right? But maybe with <laughs> everything, he's he can just become a teacher to, uh, to Miles, who's... Uh, kind of a up-and-coming situation very actually almost exactly like the spider-man video game <laughs> but uh yeah i really I, hope so that would be i, I could see that. exactly like that it would make yeah. sense you know yeah well there's With more to the story so comes. great response to trailer triumph <laughs> <laughs> so there's there's more of this story so after she had said this uh every news outlet was reporting but the only one that went against it was the hollywood reporter so the Hollywood Reporter says a source close to uh, the studio of Sony says that the studio has a strong relationship with Holland and Feige and hopes to continue their collaboration. There are fi- no official plans for a trilogy at this phase. So after she said this, some insiders, some people who work at Sony, um, mentioned that there's actually nothing official yet and that she's kind of talking out of her ass. The thing is, is that I don't, I don't think that cause, uh, Amy Pascal is kind of like Feige. She's not as that high up, but she is pretty similar. Um, in, yeah, in rank, I guess, but she decides a lot of things what happened with Spider-Man. So I don't, I don't know, think she shares everything with everyone. You know what I mean? Unless she's in an interview where she t- talks out of her ass. But uh, I. But the thing is, their sources, Hollywood Reporter's sources, say that it's not official yet. Not actually happening. Nothing's been signed. Uh, Tom Holland hasn't signed on yet, and no other people are working on the movie at the moment. So uh, that's what they say, and that's what Amy what Pascal says. Think, they're too conflicting. What's your, uh, what's your opinion of it? Do you think that... Who do you think is like the the source of truth here? Do you think that Amy Pascal was talking out of raster in the interview, or do you think that mm-hmm. the quote like quote unquote insider was just kind of doing damage control and trying to calm expectations based off of what she said? Like, who? What do you think is is the more truthful uh, I... situation here? You know what. I've been thinking about this a lot, and I think that she's more correct only because she is the producer over there at Sony. She would know. She's the one who got Kevin Feige to, or Kevin Feige got her to put Spider-Man and Civil War. So oh, she really? knows the she knows these things. She plans these things. She's in every interview with Kevin Feige talking about Sony and Marvel's relationship. So I feel like out of everyone, she would know. However, she is a terrible interviewer. Uh, <laughs> sorry, interviewee, right? interviewee yeah so interviewee, yeah, being interviewed interviewee, yeah, yeah. yeah right interviewee so she's a terrible interviewee and she kind of spews out stuff that may not always be 100 percent correct she may be spewing out this is what she wants to happen gotcha. and kind of what she thinks however 
it's really hard to say, though. I, I, I'm kind of leaning towards believing her more than only because I really want to believe her <laughs> over over the insider scooper person. But I don't know. Yeah, Mike, what do you think? <laughs> what do you think about this? I don't know. I, the base of what you were just telling me I, uh, and the fact that she kind of stopped herself, I guess what I choose to believe and much like what you said, what I want to happen is that what she's saying is the truth or it's at least something that they've seriously talked about and it's kind right. of being pushed forward um even even if uh, no yeah. one's signed on to it yet it's the plan right but then someone mm-hmm. uh whatever the insider is doesn't want it to be uh accepted as a fact like hey this is going to happen so they're just tempering expectations and nothing is actually official which is true i'm sure like you said right. no one's actually signed anything but maybe they've had a verbal confirmation from Tom that he wants to, that he's willing to do this, you know, like they just haven't gone forward and put forth the, uh, the motions yet. Um, Mm -hmm. That's what I hope is the case. um, Yeah. I'm going to read a a quote from Tom about what Amy Pascal said, but I I want Stephen to answer first and how, what he thinks about this, about what he thinks about the Hollywood reporter debunking what Amy Pascal said, possibly who knows. What do you think, Stephen? So I think, that Amy Pascal has a lot of uh, has a lot of um, there's uh, there's truth here. There has to be, especially if she has a lot of say. So I believe that she has expectations on what's gonna go further with this uh, with this franchise. And at the top of her head, while she was being interviewed, she just threw out some things, and she got sidetracked and said something else. I think that she, I know that she knows that the Spider-Man franchise is a very important part of the MCU and Sony moving forward because mm-hmm. I mentioned this before off on off off of uh, the podcast, but there are so many characters who can be replaced. Um, as far as, you know, who's playing it. You can, you can throw out different universes, um, Captain America in there. Now, Steve Rogers is not replaceable. Chris Evans is Steve Rogers to a T. No one else can play that. No one else can, can uh, try mimicking that. But you will have other Captain Americas out there like Bucky Barnes and uh, Steve, Steve Wilson. Steve Wilson? Yeah. Um, as... No, no, no! It's not Steve. No, Anthony uh, Mackie. Anthony, yeah, Anthony Mackie's. Well, that's the that's the actor. No, what's what's the what's the character? uh, Is it Steve Wilson? Um, no, 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 no! It's not Steve. What the Sam? 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 Sam Sam Wilson? Same thing. Sorry, Sam. So Sam. All drew 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 blanks. blanks. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. So they can all um, take up the mantle of Captain America, but no one else will ever play Steve Rogers like Chris Evans. Same thing going on for Iron Man. There are multiple people who could play Iron People, you know, Iron Heart, Iron Lad, Iron this, Iron that. Anyone could play that. But no one else will ever take over Tony Stark's position like Robert Downey Jr., ever. Black Panther. Everyone can take up the uh, Black Panther, you know, regardless of who's playing, who's taking the mantle of Black Panther. But no one else will ever take away what Chadwick Boseman did as T'Challa. 
Perfect. Spot on casting there. Same thing with Loki. Same thing with Thor. You can't see anybody else doing it, really. Aside, I know we, we saw the Loki they, series. They, yeah. they, they, they had multiple versions of Lokis. But the, the Loki that we're used to seeing in this universe, that's what I mean. They really did a great job with the casting. Right. Now, maybe that's confirmation bias because we've kind of grown used to them as uh, no, yeah. as the characters. Yeah. But overall, it really it seems like it's a... I mean, I think Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man is like arguably in my opinion the most perfect <laughs> casting just mm-hmm. from a mannerisms perspective right. but really every character has been pretty much knocked out of the park yeah. like there i can't think of a single one where the the performance was uh, off or just didn't fit right they all just meld so well together mm. right yeah. they, marvel I, does I a really good job marvel and disney do a great job of casting their superheroes and their supervillains and I'm very appreciative of that because they've been doing it ever since 2000. Especially two for Grace. <laughs> I hate you. They, they're doing it ever since <laughs> the MCU was first um, first started. And now we are here with, with Spider-Man No Way Home. Now, the reason why I was saying all those different characters, all the different actors, is for my next point. There are the, the Spider-Man franchise is such a key part of the MCU now, it really is, and without in Civil War, for example, without Spider-Man's appearance, that movie, in my opinion, is a totally different movie. You know, he added something to the, to that movie that was really genuine. You know, Tom Holland's portrayal of of uh, Peter Parker and of Spider-Man in general. Spider-Man has so many stories to tell and so many important stories to tell with very important life lessons with some some key internal and external struggles um a lot of villains that we have yet to see and so many different universes we have yet to explore spider-man in general is one of those it is it has to be one of the most most iconic uh franchises out there when it comes to marvel character when it comes to um superhero uh comics and superhero characters you can go anywhere with this. You really can. You can go to any timeline, any universe, any character. You pull out of the comics, you pull out their stories, and you throw it onto the screen. And it works almost 99% of the time. Because it's Spider-Man, mm-hmm. you know? And people are yep. going to pay Spider-verse. to see that. If you can, ex- like you can expand so much on the Spider-Verse, you know? Now, mm-hmm. while I don't think anyone will ever p- play, um, will do as good of a job as Tom Holland did as combining both Peter Parker and Spider-Man into to forming into one awkward, um, very fun and unique character. I don't think anyone's ever going to duplicate that. I do believe there are so many people out there that can play a Spider-Person. So many people out there that can help expand the Spider-Verse. Now, the Spider-Verse, I think is a very important part of the MCU moving forward. It should. It should be. Now, I don't necessarily need to see another three installments of Spider-Man and have it be Tom Holland's, uh, or Tom Holland's Spider-Man, Peter Parker's storyline, you know? I would like them to expand more. They're doing it now in No Way Home with expanding with the, the multiverse. Now that they've done that, you can expand it so much further. We don't have to wait 
Um, we don't have to do another like 11 films with the same Spider-Man. You don't have to do that. You can bring in Tom Holland's Spider-Man for one or two more installments here and there. He could be a side character, like Mike said, or he could be the main star with all the people surrounding him, a key cast of Spider-People surrounding him. So mm-hmm. I think this is just Amy Pascal's expectations. She is she she expects that in the next three, four, five years, the Spider-Verse will have expanded so much more past what we've we thought possible. You know? Now I know I'm just we're just mm-hmm. we're really just just we're just we're just overdoing it right now talking about Spider-Man, but it's just so um, relevant. It really is. It's so central. Yeah, it's relevant. Exactly. Yeah. It's so central to everything right now. It's like it's pushing everything together and making connections. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And what have you? That's right. Well, do y'all want to hear what Tom Holland said about what Amy Pascal said? I do. No. <laughs> okay. Well, half of us do, half of us don't. I'm gonna read All it right, anyway. See you guys later. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, so Tom Holland's in pa- was in France um, because he's doing his his uh, movie tour. The marketing for the movie and doing all these news programs and stuff. And uh, one of the anchors asked him him about what Amy Pascal said, and he said, this is what he said. Listen, all I'll say is that we have some very, very exciting things to be talking about. I don't know what those things are or what, uh, what they will transpire to be, but it looks like an incredibly bright future ahead. And as I've said and said before, Spider-Man will forever live in me. So that was uh, the end of his quote. <laughs> so he didn't give us any more information. Uh, hearing this, it makes it sound like he maybe he's not coming back anytime soon. But I don't know. I I really hope he comes back. Maybe they'll give him a little bit of a break, give him a couple of years to uh, relax, do his own movies, maybe partially retire for a second there until they bring him back to start recording for or start. Uh, preparing for Spider-Man 4 for maybe a 2023, 2024 release, possibly. But are there any more thoughts after after hearing what Tom Holland says about this? I feel less confident about his him returning for three movies after the, uh, the words <laughs> Spider-Man will always live in me or always yeah. be inside me or whatever kind of weird thing he said. <laughs> um, Spider-Man's inside me, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh that sounds more like it's like it'll always be you know a, a a piece of my heart which means that i think that he might not be or it you know like we discussed earlier maybe taking a lesser role or like you said maybe mm-hmm. they're just giving him a break maybe they'll bring in spider pig and then eventually you know he'll come <laughs> flying back into the screen at some point but uh i mean he deserves yeah. it he's how many movies has he done now well, i guess what four total no wow. six right so you have you have yep. Civil War, uh, Homecoming, uh, Far From Home, Endgame, Infinity War, and that one. Oh, he's six. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, six. Yeah, six. Yeah, so that's. I mean, that's a lot. That's a lot. It is for a really not not long amount of time. You know. Um, what I really hope they do is at the end of No Way Home, after they've given Tom Tom's Peter Parker his say and does everything, he saves the world. Hopefully, um, I'm hope they bring in Miles Morales. And maybe too. Tom Holland Spider-Man will be more of a supporting character in that movie. Maybe the next movie will, will be a Miles Morales movie instead of a, instead of a Spider-Man Four kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like more of a transition into giving it up to someone else because Tom Holland has said, uh, you know, there's there's Miles Morales in, up in here. So maybe in the future 
he could have his own. Maybe it's time to give him the role. Give him the – maybe it's his time to shine. So Tom Holland has actually said that uh, in an really? interview recently. Recently. So it's very weird. It's very weird all the things he's been saying because he also said a few weeks ago that if he's playing Spider-Man when he's 30, he's done something wrong. That's right, yeah. And he's 25 yeah. right now. He's 25 right now, so it does seem kind of like he's on his way out for some reason. And I don't really – maybe he's fucking with everyone. Maybe he's just uh, making sure everyone goes to see the movie. Maybe – but it's it's very I mean, I can't say I very blame sad him, though, if this is his last. If he can give a killer performance in you know six or seven movies, whatever, and then kind of bow out, that's, in my opinion, is is more memorable than – basically beating the character to death and then eventually right. stopping, you know? So like it's let him, let him do his thing. He's, he's done a great job. And if he has a, a good exit point, which again, like you had just said, you, if you bring in, for example, Miles Morales and he has a lesser role that allows him to eventually kind of fade back mm. and then you can focus more on the new guy. That's a mm-hmm. good breaking off point. Um, and then that allows him to come back for cameos and other roles and what have you. But yeah. uh, I think uh, if if he wants to kind of pass the torch to, onto a new character or a new actor to take the main Spider-Man role, I can see that working. I can see that working for both the studio and for Tom Holland's perspective. Because I'm sure he doesn't. I mean, you don't want to get not type. You can't really get typecasted for a Marvel movie, right? But I'm sure he wants to do other stuff. No. He was just doing the Uncharted movie. He did a Cherry, which I, from what I understand, he was very good in. Um, yes. Yeah. And uh, he's he's done a bunch stuff. of uh, crazy movies, and a bunch of smaller movies recently. Besides Uncharted, of course, it's big big franchise. But yeah. he's been doing between between Spider Man movies, he's been doing other things. Like he's had the time to do it. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe he doesn't want to pack so much in anymore. But also, Spider Man is probably very demanding physically. Absolutely. Yeah. A lot of a lot of potential for injury too. I'm surprised there hasn't yeah. been any kind of. I know we practice a lot with gymnastics, but uh, I'm surprised there hasn't been any kind of like a broken bone or anything. Yeah, mm. yeah, it's pretty pretty flexible that Tom Holland. Mm. <laughs> He's a flexible Steven. boy. <laughs> Stephen, what are your what are your last thoughts regarding what Tom Holland just said? So I will. I have a couple of thoughts here. The first off, if he wants to bow out, he has earned the right to do so because he has. He took on the role of Spider-Man Peter Parker at a pretty young age, you know, so I can only imagine it could take its toll on you to be a part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe for so long. I mean, actors and actresses from the Marvel Cinematic Universe have talked about it all the time about how strict it, um, your regime has to be uh, when you're, like, you're eating, your, your workout routine, all that has to be. When you're on set... There are so many things in your contract that you have to abide by, and I can only imagine that a young a, a young person um, coming into that life, that, that that atmosphere, it can be challenging to deal with that for for a long period of time. Whereas all adults that are in their late twenties, early thirties, forties, you know, fifties, they can get accustomed to that pretty pretty easily because they've been in the film industry for so long. So they are just adding a, another step to the intensity. Of filming or being a part of a big franchise like the MCU is, you know, so I give him a lot of credit for starting as young as he did. Uh, I give him the benefit of the doubt that um, he has worked his tail off 
for this franchise, uh, for the MCU in general. So he deserves to bow out and, you know, take his his talents somewhere else. And he has done so. We've seen that in uh, multiple movies this year alone. I mean, he's done two or three different uh, movies. He's in, he's involved in another franchise with, um, we were just talking about, what was that video game movie? I'm just spacing right now. Uncharted. Uncharted. Yeah, he's he's in, he's involved in that video game um, franchise now. Mark Wahlberg. With Mark Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg. So that's gonna be pretty cool. Uh, next thing I'll say yeah. is that. Um, that's also a Sony project, by the way. Uncharted uh, is done by Sony as well. Right. Now the the next thing I'll say is that we have come become accustomed to seeing Tom Holland spoil everything. He has had a very difficult time <laughs> not true. spoiling things between Civil War, Infinity War, Endgame, uh, Spider-Man no, Homecoming, and Spider-Man Far From Home. This is the first time, I think, that I haven't, I haven't seen anything regarding Tom Holland's spoilers. So what if, theory time, theory time, theory time, <laughs> um, what if... Tom Holland is screwing with all of us. What if he is doing the reverse of what he used he's used to doing? Instead of giving us the full truth and like by accident, what if he's intentionally trying to throw us off because he doesn't want anyone knowing the direction he's going in? It's his life. He wants to keep it a secret for once. It's his his big movie. It could be like right. No Way Home is his endgame, really, because this is his franchise right now, the Spider-Man franchise. He owns this character. So... He can say whatever the heck he wants. Oh, I'm, I'm not doing this when I'm in my 30s. It wouldn't be worth it. But in reality, we in, in uh, Spider-Man Into the Into the Spider-Verse, we see two Spider-Men, or mo- multiple, but like two Peter Parkers who are in their <laughs> 30s or older. And they give a great performance in that. So he could come back, like Mike said, for a future installment somewhere down the line. And play a, a mentor like Spider-Man, you know, for Miles Morales or some, or even Spider-Gwen or something, you know, he can come back. He has it. He has all of that on. At, what, what do they call it? On, on, on your finger, fingertips. He has the entire world at his fingertips, really, because yeah. everyone loves him, outside and inside of the MCU. People, everyone loves him. Like he's he's a, a, a I love him. Ca- a lovable actor, lovable person, <laughs> you know. And um, he he deserves to, to to lie to us and say, oh yeah, I don't want to ever come back. <laughs> he deserves. Uh, he, he, he sounds like such a very toxic relationship. He deserves to say, you know what? I am very uncertain. While he's actually thinking to himself, I'm gonna get another ten movies out of this thing. You know, he could just lie to us. Who cares? Yeah. It really doesn't matter. He yeah, lied, but about it's this. my if fault. This movie's gonna make banger money, and Sony's gonna back up that that truck of money it adds tom holland's home and say hey you want to make double the money you made on no way home for the next movie sure. he's gonna probably oh, yeah. be like you know that far you from know home you know what far from home mm-hmm. made a billion dollars it did yeah yep made a billion dollars i looked it up the other day it may this one may make a billion dollars i mean it's kind of tracking that way it seems it's definitely tracking to make that kind of buco money but um, <laughs> Resales we'll are already see. going that it's route. Pandemic times. Well, I yeah, mean, pand- the, the website wasn't crashing when you to try to get 
far from home tickets. <laughs> I think the hype train on this movie is unbelievable. Oh, yeah. Um, right. Now, speaking of that, though, um, Endgame tickets went out a lot earlier, if I'm not mistaken. It went a lot out a lot earlier than the uh, No Way Home tickets. So people had more time Probably. to really just get their tickets and, right. and be, be settled in on what date they were seeing it for the first time, second time, third time, because I'm I'm mean, just be honest. That's I saw true. it three times in the span of a week. So, but this movie, Damn. the marketing strategy I think is ridiculous. I that's true. I, too. I haven't watched a single TV spot since the second trailer because I don't care for it. I, like it just feels it feels I, I, every single day I get a new YouTube uh, video on a different TV spot and I don't want to click on it because I'm like this is excessive. Every day you're bringing out like two or three TV spots when you could have just ex- you could have. Um, brought that out through a huge period of time between like two months yeah, doing that. They're rushing, they're rushing it, it now, way too yeah. much. It just seems ridiculous. But I know for a fact it's still going to sell regardless of how excessive it is, uh, like at, or how abrupt every, all the trailers were when they came out. Like it came out what th- th- well, two weeks ago, the second trailer, and mm, people are so yeah, freaking hyped about this so. movie still, even though the marketing yeah. wasn't the best. That's saying something. So. Yeah. <laughs> definitely yeah yep you you could be right there could yeah. be right uh, all right well i want to move on to main topic number two before we talk about another hour of spider-man <laughs> stuff that was, uh, that was topic one. i just have a, <laughs> I just have a, a quick now. quick thing i want yeah, to say go about for that it. Um, go do for you it. guys know um this came out recently in an article do you guys know uh where they said that spider-man gets all of all of his information where no where on the web oh wow this yeah, came out recently on. this was this was a scoop <laughs> this was a scoop <laughs> i love it i'll be here if you guys need me keep going I'm excited. <laughs> on the web nice nice man all right well it's a, it's a little I, joke <laughs> Let's move on to main topic number two. And Stephen, what is main topic number two? Hopefully you have that up in front of you. I do. So main topic number two. (laughs) Kobe Smulders, a.k.a. Maria Hill, has been officially casted in the Secret Invasion uh, series. She was in Avengers, Captain America, Winter Soldier, Avengers, Age of Ultron, Infinity War, Endgame, and Spider-Man Far From Home. Kind of. Kind of. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, kind of. (laughs) oh yeah so this is the this was news that came out yesterday i was like did we not know that (laughs) but it wasn't apparently it wasn't official yet like a dynamic duo exactly anywhere nick cage goes nick nick cage wait a minute (laughs) nick fury goes anywhere nick fury goes (laughs) maria hill goes anywhere nick fury goes Maria Hill goes, yeah. and they're always together. Figured they'd be in the same series together, but I figured it was everyone was posting about it yesterday, so I figured it's just some some news. So, Mike, what do you think about this news? I mean, it's news, but it's not right. It's just like yeah. you just said, like we didn't know this, of course. Like it's <laughs> especially with the, with there not being any kind of uh, information on. Uh, I almost said Nick Cage, <laughs> Nick Fury, <laughs> yeah. uh, Nick Fury for a while. Like, yeah, like of course. It, it make it makes sense. Um, yeah, it, seeing 
or knowing a bit about Maria Hill, I think Kobe Smulders is uh, is a good casting, and that she's made it work. She's in my mind though, and I hope you don't know what I mean by this. She's kind of a whatever character, you know. I sadly, like do. she's she's, yeah. you know, like she's she's a sidekick to, um, to Mister Nicholas Cage, but uh, <laughs> but she's, I think she's a little bit forgettable in a sense. I th- hopefully now hopefully that will change in this secret wars thing um secret invasion <laughs> rather yeah. uh so my bad um do you think she's a scroll that would be oh it would make sense that she laid low that. for so long like that if she was yeah. a scroll it it would make a lot of sense if she if she was a uh a scroll. But a scroll that Nick Fury doesn't know about. So Nick Fury knows the scrolls, but he doesn't know she's a scroll because she's a bad scroll. I think uh, you know. I'm. I think that would be a much more interesting character arc than kind of what we've got. That's <laughs> yeah. why now I think that she's a bad scroll. That's my head cannon for now. <laughs> yes. Um, until proven otherwise. Yeah, Stephen. What are your thoughts on this? I mean, the fact that she's been cast as Agent Maria Hill. I don't think that's big, big of a shock. We already we already knew that she was really gonna be tied into that based on how um, Spider Man Far From Home ended, and as far as uh, Cap- Captain Marvel went, it just it was inevitable that she was gonna be there with Nick Fury. Um, now I will say this though, she is she can be a kind of a forgettable character in the MCU because you have so many heavy hitters. So you have one person um, who is has no true power. She's just a regular agent. Um, she at, at first she she was kind of up there at par with uh, Black Widow when you first introduced her in uh, Avengers, and mm-hmm. I thought that chase scene was was pretty cool with her. But then you don't see her for a few years. Besides she from a couple of do yeah, but one moment that I I will say sticks out to me in the I want to say almost nine year. Uh, tenure for her as Maria Hill was Captain America Winter Soldier when Captain America and Black Widow and Sam Wilson are being taken away by Hydra agents and Maria Hill's disguised as one of those Hydra agents and she kicks the shit out of the guy next to her that was badass and she leads them That's into true. the tunnel to where Nick Fury actually yeah, is. Yeah, that was cool. Um, that was a really cool moment. But you never see that again. Ever. Like, she's yeah. never really a part of the MCU ever again. Aside from she's being dusted. Like you said. You know? She's a poor man's Black Widow. It's, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> basically, yes. And it stinks <laughs> to say that because I, I love Kobe Smulders in um, How I Met Your Mother. Seeing her in that franchise for, what, nine seasons? Nine seasons? I it, she Long crushed it. Time. You see her as a very funny character there, and then you see right. her as a more serious character in the MCU, and they don't really give her much to go off of. So, it's tough because I want to see Kobe Smulders again. I don't know if I want to see Agent Maria Hill again. Yeah, that's that's right. a fantastic way to put it. That yep. is a fantastic way to put it. I I completely agree with you. <laughs> Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, I, but, the character itself doesn't... I mean, it's not Kobe Smulders' fault. I just don't think she brings much. No, yeah. I don't think she has a lot to work with. She's just kind of there yeah. to maybe She was a never clip. a main character. She They never yeah. made her a main character. So that's that's not her fault. She probably She's a great actress. She could probably play it a, an even better 
Maria Hill if they gave her the chance. Just give, put a, give her some super serum and turn her into, I don't <laughs> yeah. know, like <laughs> Maria Hulk. You know what I mean? Oh but God, going back yeah. to the whole fact that she might be a scroll, back in January, Kevin Feige said uh, some details on the secret invasion storyline and the series itself. This series focuses on the paranoia and the cosmic conspiracy and cosmic conspiracy. So I really hope this series is just a mindfuck, dude. I really hope that people we never would have thought were scrolls or, or scroll, bad scrolls or people that we That'd be awesome. were, were not or where humans got replaced by scrolls in the in the past, like maybe the maybe the cap the old Captain America, maybe he's maybe sorry, old Steve Rogers scroll. Uh, let's see, Happy Hogan, maybe a scroll. Uh, there's a bunch Aunt of people May who could be seen. Aunt May? Aunt May, she could be a scroll. Maybe you know <laughs> no. that's why she Aunt is May. an age. It makes sense yeah. now. That's why <laughs> she, she does an age. Yeah. Yep, yep. Who's Tom Holland but been making out with? No, it's not Zendaya. That's paranoia. a scroll, bro. Oh my god! I want, I want dude. the paranoia to be on the on the audience. I want us to have the paranoia. Like Am I, I want us scroll? not to trust anything. <laughs> Am I a scroll? <laughs> no, I, oh, that's no. not what I mean. <laughs> Wait a minute. Hold on a second. I'm not. My wife is scroll. Exactly what a scroll would say. <laughs> no. A scroll. You son of a bitch. I just hope that they don't overdo uh, it you know, with man. the secret invasion. Like. There are a lot of moments in the MCU that are very meaningful, and I hope they don't undermine those moments by saying, "Oh, there's just a scroll the entire time," you know. That would suck. That mm-hmm. would suck. So they, they have to play it very smart. I'm sure that's tempting. Yeah, that's probably very tempting to do. But I think that they have an opportunity to really throw a couple of real plot twists. Oh, yeah. in, and hopefully not, like you said, not overdo it. Oh, I'm. Wor- I didn't think about that though. I'm worried about yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. What? what they, like- they could about? take like really, really iconic moments, or try to like patch up plot holes by saying that uh, whoever yeah, I was hope is they a scroll. Yeah. Uh, I don't want that to happen. Yeah, me neither. I hope they don't do that. Gross. <laughs> like, like Bucky is a scroll, maybe. Bucky like that would scroll. just fuck. Tony Stark's but... daughter scroll. <sighs> Pepper Potts scroll. Pepper Potts could be a scroll. Who else? Who else? Peter Quill scroll. Well, Peter Quill, more like Peter Scroll. <laughs> Maybe Clint Barton is just scroll. a piece of wood. I am Scroll. I think that would be meaningful though. If if Clint Barton was a Scroll, I think that would blow Kate's mind. And I know we talk about this later, but I, I don't, I don't. Never mind. We'll talk about this later. Yes, I, we will. I have some, I have theories on this later, but, um, but yeah. Any more, any more thoughts on uh, Secret Invasion or Kobe Smulders being casted officially in this series? Nope. Breaking news, all water's right. wet. What? Yup. Alrighty, alright, alright. Alright, Mike, so we're going to move on to main topic number three. What do we have? Main topic number three, well, I'll tell you what we have here, Matt. Okay. We have Ant-Man <laughs> the Wasp Quantumania. <laughs> what we got is we got uh, we end up getting our first look at Kang, the Conqueror, and Scott Lang uh, from the crew member t-shirt that they uh, that the cast members and crew members had received as a uh, a gift when they wrapped up the uh, the filming. Uh, yep. And so what we have here is we have a black T-shirt. What we see is we see <laughs> the Ant Man helmet, but the uh, the left side of the helmet is cracked and completely broken. And what we also see, more importantly, is we have ourselves a, refl- a uh, reflection in the helmet looking like 
Mr. Kang the Conqueror himself in a mm-hmm. almost looking like he's in Tron or uh, you know like old sci-fi movie. Honestly, when I first saw this, I thought it was a. Uh, it reminded me of the Sentinels from X Men. I thought it looked exactly oh. like a Sentinel. Oh, you're right. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. But uh, it's someone else. Someone else had also posted a picture of. I'm assuming it's like fan art of uh, of him. He's got himself a little purple getup, kind of looking a little Magneto-esque with a blue face and some glowy eyes. I'm pretty sure that's accurate mm-hmm. though. That's comic book accurate, isn't it? That is comic book accurate. Yeah. yeah so that's what he yeah. actually looks like in the comic books. But when we it's saw cool. him for the first time in Loki, he wasn't wearing his his costume. He wasn't wearing his like. He wasn't looking like Galactus, honestly. Um, But, uh, but yeah, so half, half of the, uh, the Ant-Man mask is broken to pieces. So that's, I think that spells some, uh, some bad omens for Mr. Scott Lang. Yeah, I would have to agree with you on that. Um, I am under the impression, I know you guys think that Clint Barton might bite the dust. Oh, maybe it wasn't you. Someone else said Clint Barton might bite the dust in Hawkeye, at the end of Hawkeye. I disagree with that, but I do think that Scott Lang is going to die in this movie only only because if you read Young Avengers, or kind of like the prequel to Young Avengers, when it's WandaVision, it's Wanda who kills Ant-Man, but... So Ant-Man does die in the comic books, <laughs> but in that storyline in general, though, which I think is How kind of going to lead a little bit into this, uh, she just explodes herself, and, and they're they're there. I think oh. uh, Steve Rogers, I know, is it Thor? There's a couple of them who, who were standing there when she explodes herself or wow. blasts herself, and then um, they die. But Scott Lang it's was one of them. Because it does lead into Young Avengers. So I think this one will lead into Young Avengers. But because uh, his daughter's in the m- movie and she's grown up now, I think she's going to get a suit. And she's going to become maybe maybe the stature. next Ant-Man. Or maybe she, yeah, maybe she's a stature. Yeah, yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah, stature. So, but I could see, you know, I could see Kate Bishop being in this series. Absolutely. On this movie. Well, for uh, sure. Because I, they're kind, of, they're kind of friends. Yeah. But, yeah, I do think Scott Lang is going to die, especially after seeing this, after seeing a hole blasted through the helmet. Come on, what I else know. could happen? And how does Ant-Man face Kang the Conqueror? I don't get it. I don't understand how he comes out of that. He goes into alive. his butt, and he goes into full size, just like he was supposed to do <laughs> in, supposed uh, to do in Thanos. Thanos. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's how he beat Thanos. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like Thanos, oh. you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, Thanos. There you go. Steven, what do you think about this image? So I'm going to start off by saying Scott Lang isn't the only Ant-Man. Hank Pym also has an Ant-Man suit, if I'm not mistaken. So Hank Pym could be the one that bites the dust in this one. We already saw him bite the dust uh, because he was dusted in the end of uh, uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp. But Hank Pym could be the one that dies here. Scott Lang could be uh, rendered powerless at the end of the movie, which is a huge possibility but to see him die that would definitely shock the uh the fans the audience watching because even though you sh- you, s- you show this this helmet being cracked and you see the reflection of Kane the conqueror there people are still gonna have their doubts They're like no you wouldn't kill scott lang i mean you wouldn't kill paul rudd for crying out loud he's paul rudd you know he's the sexiest man alive you gotta know that you know uh you just can't you just can't do that but that would be a really bold thing to do if you killed off Scott Lang. Man, I really got to say that because 
he could be he could still be a part of the the new Avengers, you know, not the young Avengers, but the new Avengers, and he could still mentor uh, Cassie if she decides to join the young Avengers, you know, like. I don't think you you, you tr- necessarily need to kill him off to bring her into the MCU as stature or another uh, or ant woman or whatever you want to call her. You don't yeah. have to do that. But in the comic books, Wasp is more of a, an Avenger. But go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Hank Pym. Hank Pym's death could be more um, pivotal towards the ending of the movie and like to the future installments of the Ant-Man franchise mm-hmm. or anything else. I just don't see them killing off uh, Scott Lang. I really don't. So it I, might it might be a I combination really of two people. Maybe that maybe the Wasp sacrifices herself, and uh, Hank Pym. But I just I just don't see Scott Lang killing him. I don't see Scott Lang being killed. It's definitely gonna be okay. if it is. It's definitely gonna be a sacrifice, right? Because that's how they always do it. Right. right. It's always a sacrifice. But but maybe he'll do that's it right. to save his daughter, right? I could see that happening if she's if she becomes a part of it. He does it to save his kid. Um, and oh, then yeah. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. I think it's going to be a kind of storyline where he gets killed, but I think eventually Kang will bring him back. I think can, Kang will have to bring him that? back for some reason. Yeah, Kang is so – yeah, Kang can do what he wants. He's controller of time. He can do whatever the hell he can wants. We get a, if you don't mind, can we get a quick overview of Kang the Conqueror, who he is exactly? Like what's what's his whole um, spiel? Yes. Um, so from what I know about Kang the Conqueror, um, if I'm not mistaken, I apologize for the viewers who are very well versed on Kim the Conqueror. He is a descendant of Reed Richards, isn't he? Mm-hmm. So yes, he he's a main villain in both the Avengers and the Fantastic and Four franchise. So with this in mind, he has some ties to Victor Von Doom. He has he was able to discover the time travel technology that was created by Victor Von Doom. Now, this is my theory. Theory time. What if the events that we're leading up to in Ant-Man uh, Quantum Mania and in the future installments that we're going to see Ken the Conqueror in, every epic uh, action sequence we see, everything that Kang is a part of in this phase and in future phases, what if this all ties into Secret Wars? What if... Killing Kang mm-hmm. the Conqueror was one of the biggest mistakes that the Avengers and the Fantastic Four and or whoever else is involved um, makes, because that then leads into Secret Wars, and that's what that's what um, brings uh, Victor Von Doom to do what he did with um, like when he when he merges right, everything together, dude. because this is when the whole multiverse is falling apart, or this is when our universe that we know and love is falling apart now so he has only one option to put it all together and to create what bat, battle world is that what it's called yep battle world battle world imagine that like we tie in this entire phase four phase five whatever how many phases Kang the conqueror is a part of finally it ends with you finally killing Kang the conqueror after he warns you in in multiple installments that if you ever kill him you have defeated yourself and everybody else as well. But if he takes over, you know, um, it's all it's equally as devastating. But you finally they finally get the courage to kill him in a future installment, and that t- ties into 
secret wars. That's what starts it. So instead of you thinking yeah. that everything is resolved once you take out Kang the Conqueror, that just brings forth a bigger problem, whether it be Galactus coming through or one of the other Celestials that we've seen in Eternals or something else like that, like that coming down to Earth and raining hellfire. And not just our Earth, multiple <laughs> universes of Earth. You know, like the multiverse. Multiple Kangs. Of Earth. Multiple, multiple Kangs, multiple Celestials, multiple anything coming down to Earth and raining hellfire on them, on the Guardians of the Galaxy, and Fantastic Four, and Avengers, everything. And this is the only way out of it. We've we always have a solution. There's always a there's always a resolution to every single um, MCU installment, for the most part. You know, for every single solo movie. But for the first time, this might not be the case. What if the resolution doesn't come in when um, Kane the Conqueror is done? What if it just brings you to a new problem, and then that brings you onto another problem, and you try figuring that out, and it brings you to a better a bigger problem. You know. Mm-hmm. so it doesn't yeah. end and that is something that I think would expand the MCU so much because we're so used to um, I, I know I, I, I'm beating a dead, dead, dead horse here by saying this we're so used to seeing the resolution within the same film that the, that the, uh, the issue uh, arises you know or if it doesn't uh, if it's not solved in that, 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 in, that installment that, that film it's, it's resolved usually in the next film you know, like Infinity War, we had seen Thanos for years. They had teased him for years, but you never saw him on the big screen do what he was going to do. And in, in Infinity War, that was the first film where he's really kicking ass, really doing anything as the villain, you know. Um, it's not resolved at that point. He snaps his fingers, and it's done. And then Endgame comes along, and that's when it's resolved. The second film, where he's really a, a, a key part in it. But instead of you resolving it on the first film, or the second film, or even the third film, you don't resolve it for another phase, or two, or three. And I'm not saying he has to be the main villain in these phases, but he plays a pivotal role as Kang the Conqueror in moving the, um, moving the MCU along, you know? Very long-winded way of saying, what if um, killing him is the wrong idea? What if that brings us to Secret Wars? That's all I was going to say. Yeah, I don't think it's possible to kill him because uh, he also fights with the Avengers sometimes to save the timeline. So he's not always the bad guy. He is kind of... He's a villain, but not not always a villain. So I don't think that he's going to be one and done. Like you said, Steven, it's, there's no way that they get King the Conqueror and then he only he dies in this movie. There's no way that he dies in Quantum Mania, or no way they don't use him again because this he's gonna be a villain they're gonna be using for a while. So, I do agree with you, Mike. Any any thoughts on this? Hey man, more like Wang the Spunker, you know? <laughs> yeah, Wang the Spunker. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Nice yeah, thoughts. I like you. your thoughts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nah, you're right. Oh, you're right. Yeah, well, well, movie's done filming. Can't wait to see it and. 20 months mm-hmm. <laughs> 20 months maybe it's more like 19 now but yeah so that'll do it for our main topics but uh we do want to lastly go over our hawkeye kind of more review recap thoughts on episode three of hawkeye so steven what's your first 
thought, and uh, what did you like most about the episode? All right. Well, first off, this week's episode was really wonderful. It had terrific dialogue. It had crazy action sequences, touching backstories, and characters' internal and external struggles. Putting that all together in a 45-minute episode is very impressive. You know, I think my favorite moment would have to be the chase scene. Now, chasing was so good. That chase scene was, yeah, was absolutely insane. So, you going into the fight scene in in the warehouse, you know, they 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 uh that you're you're in the a KB Toys warehouse. Now, <laughs> um <laughs> it's nostalgic, all right? Because I remember going to KB Toys all the time when I was a kid. Like there was there's one near our house, like maybe 10 minutes away in the shopping plaza where it was a it was this this plaza was filled with stuff. It had a uh, a movie a movie store like you could rent movies from. You had a stop and shop. You had KB Toys. You had a pet pet store. Like all these different things in one plaza it was amazing to go there all the time. And then they closed down. It was so depressing. But it was I loved that they they used that as the warehouse that you would first see Echo in. Now um, that be they're captured in the old uh, KB Toys. Uh, which is very fun and it's cool and it's also it plays into uh, the Christmas part of the show in a mm. way now when, mm-hmm. we, when they're uh, fighting it, trying to escape and um, he jumps Hawkeye jumps into the uh, the rubber balls uh, set or whatever and it comes out sh- yeah. ball pit thank you and he starts <laughs> shooting the arrows and shit that was really cool um, and then you see him you see him fighting Echo who we have seen Mimic, in earlier on in the episode, you see her mimicking a future a um a karate student and what they're doing. Now you you've seen other characters like Taskmaster. I know that you we like to compare her to Taskmaster and and their abilities, but with Taskmaster, it's already pre-programmed. All the moves are already pre-programmed in the mind. You know, it's in, all in a, on a chip, or whatever, and it goes straight to the brain from there. This. The way that she mimics a person's abilities, persons, or like uh, words like that, it reminds me of Captain America: Civil War, actually. So when Captain America and and uh, Iron Man are fighting at the end, the Captain oh, yeah, is going yeah. to town on Iron Man, like throwing the shield back and forth at him, and Tony's going like dead. He says, "Friday, analyze the fight patterns," and she's like, analyzing, all set, and all of a sudden he's like. <laughs> Preparing countermeasures. Let's, let's kick his ass. And let's kick his ass, right? And he, he goes right into, into um, attack mode, and it's fucking amazing because even though it was the suit doing it, analyzing it, it was in real time when it was happening. Just like Echo, instead of her it all being pre-programmed, like oh I'm gonna mimic it now, like doing what he does, she sees what the the karate student is doing, mimics it to the for the next time when she's sparring against that person to perfection. In the classroom, she sees all the words and stuff like that. She mimics it, and she's able to, to, to put all the words down in the book where she's doing it. Not relevant to uh, the fighting style, but still, she's mimicking it. Now go to when she's fighting Clint. I had never really seen Clint Barton helpless before, aside from when he's fighting aliens and people that are just like way above, like just sub, like out, outmatched, yes, where... In this, 
he's fighting alongside her, and she, he said it. I know she signed at one point that she that he uses technology too much. You know, like he relies on mm-hmm. it too much. And at first, I was like, ah, I guess you can say that he uses exploding arrows and all that stuff. I mean, but he that's that's, that's who he is. He's Hawkeye. But then she kicks him with her prosthetic leg in the ear, kicking out the the hearing aid and crushing it. And from that moment on, you see the true struggle of Clint Barton when he doesn't have it. That man you can't see, hear for shit. He can't hear for shit. <laughs> and Sounds like he's underwater. Things yeah, become really more intense. The scene be- gains more momentum and it gains more um, intensity because of that. Because you don't know if things are going to be misheard and the wrong thing will happen. But I'm getting ahead, I'm getting ahead of myself. The chase scene. <laughs> Let's get back to that. Though. The chase scene. <laughs> the chase, yeah. That's where I all wanted to start here. Now, okay. Um, so when Clint loses his hearing aid and the, the audience has shown what uh, it is like through Echo's perspective, uh, Echo is able to read lips and is able to interpret what people are saying most of the time, whereas Clint is struggling with um, with this, which is very interesting to see the divide between the two. Now going... Now, when it comes to the chase scene, Kate and, and Clint, they steal a car and they take off. The chase scene starts off with a one-shot, like, 360 view action footage style, you know, that we're used to seeing with, like, Daredevil. And I love how they are incorporating that more and more in the MCU. It's making a lot mm-hmm. of sense. The chase scene was filled with a lot of epic action shots that are, are used to, that we're used to seeing in the MCU films. Now, Kate plays with uh, Clint's uh, trick arrows, and we get a glimpse of each each arrow's purpose during the scene. Like, there's an arrow that covers at, at one, one of the bad guy's cars in, in Christmas trees at one point, and then there's an acid arrow that brings down some stoplights. There's, there's also a lot of hilarious miscommunications given, um, given Clint's uh, deafness. Like, Kate will say one thing, like, they're coming around the rear really quickly. And all of a sudden, like, Hawkeye won't hear that because he's, he's, he's deaf right now. He'll say that exact same thing, like, four seconds later um, in, a, in a hilarious way. But the moments from Clint's point of view are hugely effective, and they add to the chaos and the suspense to the scene. Now, I'll end my point with this. The chase ends with them on a bridge. And Clint tells Kate to fire one of the arrows up into the air. And at first, I thought, why the heck would he ever ask her to do that? And then I saw Hawkeye's arrow. As soon as I saw Pim on the arrow, I knew immediately (laughs) where that was going. And I was all for it. That was freaking awesome. Now, how everyone survived the impact of a giant arrow crushing their car, I have no idea. But I was all for it when I saw it. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, are you finished with that thought, Steven? That thought, yes, I am. Cool. No, I, I, I really love that scene. I didn't even notice the first time that it was a Pym arrow. I wasn't paying attention, obviously, well enough to realize that it was a Pym arrow and that when the arrow came down, I thought they had like zoomed in on the arrow. And we were seeing, oh, did you? The, yeah, it was weird because I thought they was they had zoomed in on the arrow, arrow, but we got like a close up shot of the arrow, and that the <laughs> the bridge was in the background. 
that's what I had thought. And I was like, how is this arrow going to bl- blow up this truck or stop this truck? Watching it the second time around, I was like, oh, my God. How yeah, did I miss that? Sense. It turned into a freaking huge-ass arrow. And it somehow it did not bring down like the bridge. Second. <laughs> yeah. So you probably, like, looked away or something. And then, you know, yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. But I did not know how I no- I didn't notice that. But uh, possibly because I looked away for a second. But <laughs> I love that car, that car chase. The music. They're playing Christmas music while while going going forward. The, the different arrows, like Steven said, that they were shooting out. The grappling arrow. They got all the Christmas trees stuck to the truck. Yeah. I was like, that's freaking hilarious. And then the plunger arrow that she <laughs> shoots. And then <laughs> the USB arrow. Cause the, the dude that was uh, next to the other dude was like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> he like screams for him and it just bounces off his chest. <laughs> I thought that was so funny, but yeah, that that whole scene was great. I I don't understand why they're why Echo's trying to kill Clint Barton because she knows that he's an Avenger, right? So the fact that they're using guns on him and not just trying to capture them to get more information is weird. It seems like they're trying to kill him, right? So even though he didn't technically kill any of his peep their people because i was watching a, a breakdown and the arrows that he was using um were actually practicing practicing arrows like arrows you'd use on a oh like a, like i was a, gonna yeah talk about that because i was gonna say he like murked six dudes I, during that scene i know but the arrows that he uses are practice arrows uh so they're not like super sharp like the normal arrows you would use when you're trying to kill something and they don't go deep in they just go right like a couple inches maybe and i'm sure that with his great accuracy that he wasn't trying to kill anybody the one that goes right through the dude's hand was hilarious but uh, you got one guy in the back one guy in the sh- couple guys in the shoulder he just knock he clotheslines Kazi the clown and i'm just so badass that he puts right to right right between uh echo's shirt like not even her shoulder it goes right through the tops of her shirt and i was like how how he's a great freaking archer man he's great and then he stabs those two guys in the, the feet. <laughs> <laughs> were those training arrows too? <laughs> yeah, they, they were all training arrows apparently from when I saw Yo, it. Man, I, don't, I don't care what kind of arrow it is. Don't stab me in the foot with it. Legend yeah, has it they're still nailed to the floor to this <laughs> day. <laughs> they couldn't, they couldn't they help with the, with the capture. <laughs> right. Guys, can like, you, you, you take it out. No, you take it out. Help? You take it out. No, you take it out. Uh, but right, that's... I'm one, two, three. One, two. <laughs> I'm not doing it. Damn it! Just do it. But yeah, the the fight scene with Echo was great because, like, like you said, Stephen, he was out of his depth. He didn't know that she who she was. Didn't know she was that skilled at fighting, and maybe she, he did obviously didn't know she had a photograph photographic memory. So he she was learning from him and seeing what he was doing, and then using it against him. So in that, but yeah. That's that's my thoughts on that whole scene. It was really really fun to watch. Mike, what are your thoughts? Um, I I just want to say from the thinking about the chase scene from a cinematography perspective, um, I didn't know that they might have used that those kind of camera angles for uh, for Daredevil. But like you had yeah. said, the the kind of one take three sixty spin of them going back and forth was so <laughs> it just looks so cool. My wife th- said that she thought she was gonna be sick watching it because it was making her nauseous. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, I thought that was a really really cool way to uh, to to film that. It did seem like after Hawkeye got uh, kicked in the head and she 
you know, knocked out his, his hearing aid. Um, I might have been kind of adding more lore or, like, adding something that wasn't there. It seemed like it made him able to focus better because he can't hear. So, like, you know, when he's jumping off, he's in slow-mo and he's making these, like, kind of ridiculous shots. I know he's a good archer, but it seemed like it was he was able to kind of hone in a little bit uh, a little bit right. further without any of those distractions. Um, yeah. Overall, very, that, very good that's episode. That's what Echo says, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, that he might be better off without it, right? Right, um, right, right. I thought that was that was uh, very very cool. I need. I've been waiting to talk about it, and I know Matt that you probably want to talk about it too. But I need to talk about Echo's quote unquote uncle. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah. That, yes. All right. Yeah. Let's move on then. Let's move on to it. Go ahead. <laughs> you bring that. it up. Bring it up, man. So, um, in the the bit that Stephen had mentioned, where uh, Echo is in a she's when she's younger, right? It's two thousand seven. Maybe it's a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's taking up karate. She uses the uh, the speed uh, against the the bigger fella to uh, to knock him down. But after she's she's done talking to her dad, there's a very familiar. Uh, we only see a shot of the arm, but we see a very familiar looking black suit, and a man walks up. Um, and I believe her dad says something like, "Make your uncle proud," and the the so called uncle kind of pinches her cheek, uh, and then later. In the episode, that's all we see of. Well, he, he laughs oh. too. Is he you laugh? Hear him laugh? Yeah, oh, he does I laugh. Did, I didn't, I didn't mm-hmm. catch the laugh. He, yeah, he does. Um, all right, move on. And then later in the episode, after uh, after Kate Bishop is using the Bishop security uh, login to look up criminals, she looks up uh, Kazi, the clown. His name's mm-hmm. like Kazi, Kazi Miz or Zach or something. Um, and he's a part of uh, Sloan Limited, which Hawkeye says sounds familiar. Uh, so Sloan, for those who don't know, Sloan Limited was introduced in Spider-Man and, uh, Into the Spider-Verse. And that is owned by uh, a man named Walker Sloan. That company is owned by a company named Alchemax, and Alchemax is owned by Wilson Fisk, who is Kingpin. Yes. Wow, you did your homework. I did a little bit of homework after we watched the episode. Yes. That's amazing. Did not realize that. The yeah. So kind of the the hierarchy of that um, is that overall that parent the parent company of Sloan Limited is owned by Wilson Fisk who's Kingpin. So this seems to be the foray of Kingpin into the series whether he is hopefully played by Vincent D'Onofrio. I don't know if that's if that's confirmed yet, but I sure hope that's the case. Um mm-hmm. that's a, that's a very cool way to to bring that in um and uh, besides the the kingpin thing, I just wanted to go back to to talk about the regular episode. We talked about this the last episode when we saw the end of episode two when Echo was first introduced. Uh, I just want to say I I do think it's really cool, and I know that they've done this in the past with other superheroes in comic books, but the representation of like heart like deaf characters and kind of the acknowledgement of that and the heart of hearing and I, mean, I know it's mm-hmm. kind of sappy, but showing that like that's not necessarily a uh, a disability it can become a, a strength right and i know obviously mm-hmm. they, they've done that with daredevil and being blind and i mean if you want to count black bolt not being able to talk but um <laughs> but i just think that's that's really cool and i'm sure that's probably inspiring for a lot of people who are uh 
who are hard of hearing or uh, or deaf. So mm-hmm. I thought that was very, very cool. Um, and it's a cool plot device too. I did also f- find out that in the, um, there was a uh, Hawkeye comic series and I believe 2012, uh, there was a plot point where Clown, that guy Kazi, um, at one point, Clown is the one, he ends up taking, uh, he's fighting Hawkeye. He takes two of Hawkeye's arrows and stabs him in both of his ears. What? Um, and ends up, Hawkeye ends up becoming deaf because of that. So that's kind of a reference to it, it seems, a bit. Foreshadowing. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, it could, I don't it, think that's going to happen in this series, only because he's already becoming deaf. And that's the reason why he becomes deaf in the comic, because he gets stabbed yeah. in the ears. But I think that's a little too gruesome to show. Um, yeah, I don't think they could show Disney that yet. Yeah. I just thought that was really cool, and it was <laughs> it was relevant. Also, the dude that yeah. plays Clown looks like he would be like Kit Harrington's stunt double. That's or something. what I was he thinking. So cool. I was like, is that Kit Harrington? He oh looks so much like him, but it's like <laughs> yeah. it's like his brother or his cousin. Like it's not quite right. Um, <laughs> so I'm excited to see what they do further with uh, with uh, with him. But yeah, the Kingpin thing I thought was such a cool little little plot point device. Uh, I even yeah. said it out loud. I felt so lame. As soon as the, uh, I saw the black suit and he, and he pinched her cheek. I said to my wife, I was like, Oh, this Kingpin. She's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, she's like, just kind of looking at me. Like, <laughs> so? I, I felt so nerdy. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's, that's really cool. Um, but, uh, yeah. but also, I don't know if you guys want to talk about the ending of the episode and what that could mean for the, mm. the next couple episodes. If you want to yeah, let's get into that in just a couple seconds here. I yeah. want to talk about uh, Kingpin real quick. So Me too. Yes. That is yes. 100% that was in Vincent D'Onofrio, though, because his laugh, because if you if you go back and listen he to the chuckles, laugh, yeah. it's the same exact it's same exact laugh from Vincent D'Onofrio's in Daredevil, Kingpin and Daredevil. Mm. So it is 100% Vincent D'Onofrio. Mm. If it's not, I'll be disappointed. Won't be. I won't. Ba- uh, I won't not watch the rest of the Hawkeye series. But um, cry a little bit. I was, yeah. Like he's he was born to play Kingpin, but I but really was. hope it is him. Yeah. Yeah. I really hope it is him. I do think it is based upon the little, like second of laughter they gave us just to confirm mm. that it is Vincent D'Onofrio. But they haven't, of course, officially confirmed it yet. But we're going to see him. Episode four is the episode we're supposed to see. Kingpin for the first oh, time. I'm not sure in what capacity. Maybe it'll be like towards the end, kind of like how, like the end of this episode where they, Clint and Jack meet. But uh, maybe it'll be at the end of the episode, and then episode five will be more in depth about what he's doing with the tracksuit mafia. But going back to Kingpin, because in 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 the comic books, Kingpin kills or gets Echo's father killed, right? So is it possible he hired Ronan? that that he hired Ronan Ooh, and yeah. that I he's the guy at the top? Down. That's why they know. Yes, I was thinking maybe they maybe he was hired by Kingpin. Maybe Kingpin was giving feeding him information on the on all the bad guys in the in the MCU so that he can go out and uh, take care of his competition. You know what I mean? So no. I like that, is that theory. Possible? Do you think? I like that theory because. Um, but it, 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 it holds some weight to it. It really does because Kingpin has a lot of uh, of power, you know, where he is in Hell's Kitchen. Um, Hell's Kitchen, right? 
That's, that's what it's called? Yeah. Yeah, Hell's Kitchen. Yep. He has a lot he holds a lot of power in Hell's Kitchen. And he has a lot of information that he could that he could give to Ronan, aka Clint Barton. But um the only thing that I'm thinking about is if he's giving that information to Clint, who is Ronan, Ronan's taking down all the bad guys. Why would he stop and not take down Kingpin? Does he think that Kingpin is way too powerful for him to take down himself? That's what it seemed like. Okay. That's why he's he just was talking about him like that. He's just well, no. Like, <laughs> when, when Daredevil That's his fought superpower. him, in, when Daredevil fought him, he put on a fight. Like he was agile for his his weight class. I'll tell you that. He's just fat, strong. He's like a big strong man with a barrel belly. Like he's just a big boy. You can't you can't yeah. kill him. You just can't. You Honestly, can't. what are you gonna? You shoot him, bounces right off. No, yeah, but, shoot him. Well, because he does wear a suit that uh, I think it maybe I don't know if it's uh, gunfire, but he does he does wear a suit that you can that you can stab and it won't go through. Oh, like a Kevlar kind of. Oh Kevlar yeah, yeah. type of yeah. suit. Yeah, Tom's yeah. very uncomfortable. It'd be uncomfortable, yeah. <laughs> but I think it'd definitely be a lifesaver. The only thing it'd is, it'd be worth it. Yeah, it'd be worth it. Yeah. Um, going back to. The, uh, the moment between Echo and uh, Kingpin for a second before we move on. Um, so, you know Kingpin to be a very villainous character, whether it be in the Daredevil franchise or in the Spider-Man franchise or whatever you're, you're seeing Kingpin. He's a villainous character, but in this moment where he walks up to, to Maya, a.k.a. Echo, when she's young and she's at the, the karate class, and he pinches her cheek and all that, he chuckles... She also smiles. So that moment itself, even though it's technically two villains um, just having a little moment, I thought that was very cute because this sets it sets it up so that Kingpin and Maya will have a very close relationship. Maybe Kingpin is acting as a caring uncle, if you will, and he only wants the best for her. Maybe like, um, maybe. She acts as his daughter or his niece in some kind of way where he truly cares what happens to her. She's not just another pawn in his game. She's not just another mm-hmm. um, not just another person who's doing his bidding, uh, not, not just another employee. She is very special to him. And that's what I gathered from that two-second encounter between the two in this episode. Cool. Cool. Did just a quick uh, quick fact out here. Did you realize the young kid that got and when they were playing they were doing the karate went back in two thousand seven with Echo. The young kid that got beat right before she went up, that's young Kazi. Yeah, that's young. He's, he's, oh, I saw that in the credits. Yeah, I saw that in the credits. So, oh, yeah, I didn't know so, that. Yeah, so they've known each other for quite a while, and Get which leads on, me nerd. to believe that this karate studio, because you you saw. The tracksuit mafia walking in and out of the building. Yeah. So, like a front. Do you think that's possible? That yeah, possible. Do you think it's possible that the kids of the tracksuit mafia were in this? Where this is kind of the karate studio for the kids of the tracksuit mafia to kind of keep them safe and also learn how to fight. Yeah, it's so, it would, that would that would make sense. Do we did did uh was there any example of the. Um, of the kid that beat Kazi and that Echo beat, was there any examples of him later on no. as an adult reference anywhere? No, um, didn't, didn't maybe see because that, no. he got beat, they just killed him. Who knows? <laughs> he just stayed on the ground for his whole life. He's just like, I'm never getting up again. He's at the bottom of that ball pit. They just put it on top of him. 
I don't think no. if, if that were the case, if they were truly training them in that karate class, I don't think they were using their abilities to, to their 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 best potential because they were getting their asses kicked by both Kate and Hawkeye the entire first yeah, two episodes. That's true. So I don't think uh, they learned true. anything from the karate classes. <laughs> that is true. I also, also but... want to say I love that bit about the uh, the guy venting to. Kate Bishop about the Imagine Dragons. Yeah, I loved that. That was so funny. <laughs> yeah, I actually had a point I about the that. Imagine yeah. Dragons. Oh yeah, because <laughs> I, I think that that's actually an overlooked part of it because um, the, one of the guys she, he vents to her about saying that uh, he's having some issues with his girlfriend and uh, she gives him advice that she just needs to he just needs they just both need to communicate better because. He honestly bought the tickets yeah. for himself, and she didn't even care about Imagine Dragons. And even when she's taped up and they're at the mercy of their captors, Kate has that calm and moment to give advice. And I don't know. I, I, I just I really enjoyed it. <laughs> it's cool that they're you can tell that they're of the same mindset. And like you had said, Stephen, she... Um, she says this would be a lot easier if we were turned around, but his hearing aid is kicked out, so he doesn't hear it. And then four right. seconds later, he goes, "This would be a lot easier if we turned around." Yeah. So they're they're <laughs> they're uh, communicating with each other without even realize or without him realizing it. Um, oh, and when he called her a great archer, like yeah, one of the world's greatest archers, I was like, "Oh, that's so cute." Yeah, we should go walk the dog. <laughs> so walk yeah. The dog now. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's been cooped up all. You day. know, you're right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like that. It's oh, very that like so a funny. fatherly, like paternal role. Yeah, it's cool. Um, right, right. Yeah. Going, speaking oh. of the fatherly uh, stuff, mm-hmm. that brings me to the next point that I had. When he's in the apartment, the first thought I thought that there was gonna be a jump scare when he's turned like facing the sink and like Kate walks in. I thought there's gonna be some kind of jump scare there where too. he tries like yeah, throwing a knife or whatever because he didn't know that she was entering. But my heart sank when the when the phone rings. And like oh, yeah. he ends up picking it up and thinking it's his wife, and Kate sa- t- says that it's his son, his youngest son Nathaniel. My heart Little sank boy. because I thought something happened, and he was in oh, no I didn't shape. Even think about yeah, that. He was in no shape to get to yeah. them on time to stop anything. Like maybe the mother had been captured or one of the the, the people, the, oh, the, the, man. the children were injured. And he was the last line, like like he was the only one who made it away. He was calling him dad. That my heart sank at that moment. And then he just says, "No, I just you know I just miss you," kind of thing. He's bored, you know? yeah. He's bored, and I'm like, "Oh my god, stop it! You're giving me a heart attack right now." <laughs> yeah, no, that was a wholesome scene for sure. I I liked how they handled it. They didn't make it too funny, and, and they didn't make it, it funny was, at all. They made it, it just like completely serious. Sincere. And how he just. Misses his yeah, sincere. He missed his family, and I I just the only thing I don't understand about the scene is why didn't his son you know his son knows he wears a hearing aid, so I just don't understand why he didn't just tell him. And I don't know. Maybe he doesn't maybe know he why his son the to kid worry. Have understood. Maybe, Probably. Maybe. Yeah. Why doesn't dad yeah. have his hearing aid in? That kind of thing. Yeah. But I love I love the scene. I agree. It was a great scene. Definitely. But yeah, Mike, you want to discuss the end the end scene? Yeah. Quick? So. This was a uh, right after, right after the uh, the bit about Sloan, Sloan Limited and Hawkeye saying it sounds familiar. Um, mm-hmm. She uh, Kate gets herself locked out of her account in uh, <laughs> in Bishop Security by trying to uh, <laughs> bypass the embedded hardware encryption. Uh, and as she's doing that, Clint 
kind of ends up uh, walking away from the computer, and he's, he's, oh, he seems like he's, he's sensing something, like something's off. And well, he heard slowly... the door, didn't he? Is that what yeah, he did? Yeah, the, the, there's a thing the on the bottom that says creaking door or something. Oh, I didn't have like yeah. a subtitles on. Yeah. Um, but uh, so he heard the creaking door. He's very, very uh, astute to to that stuff. Uh, and he's kind of walking through the halls and looking around very slowly. And as he reaches what seems to be the kitchen area, uh, very familiar looking, uh, <laughs> very familiar looking sword ends up at his throat (laughs) Uh, a man says uh don't move the camera pans over and it is uh mr jacques swordsman Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh so if i remember correctly from what you guys had talked about before uh the the lore right of of this character is that swordsman trained ronin in sword fighting trained so, yeah he trained hawkeye so he, trained he wasn't ronin when he got tra- when he so got they trained. know each other they should right. know each other right. yeah they should know but each the thing other. is that they may change that they may yeah. change like yeah. from what you just said mike it may be that he didn't train hawkeye but he trained ronin to become a better and so he might not have known why. who ronin was right oh that's a good point no no i think he knows no i think that he uh, jack knows, he, knows he was ronin because i think that I think Clint took the mantle from Jack as Ronan. Oh, I think he might have okay. been Ronan first, and then, and then Clint took it from him. That's why he was using a sword throughout. When we saw him in Endgame, he was using a sword. He doesn't use swords in when he's when he's Hawkeye. He doesn't use yeah, swords. I, so. But he's gonna uh, he's gonna notice <laughs> he's gonna know that sword because that was his sword yeah. when he was Ronan. Right. right? So his retractable right, sword. Right. So. Yeah. That's going to be... Right. Uh, and I mean, people who are casual viewers are going to be like, oh my God, what's going to happen next? But us knowing us what nerds. happens in the comic books, yeah, we know that they know each other at, in some way. We know they know each other in some way. So next episode, at the beginning of the next episode, when they pick right up from when they left off, it's going to be Jack being like, Clint? And Clint's going to be like, what are you doing here? You're Jack. Like What's going on movie? here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be so fun because I, I think, like, I t- like I said, a couple episodes ago, I think that Jack is going to be like the person who's like, because Clint's trying to technically train Kate. It seems like not nonchalantly right. training Kate, uh, be her mentor. Well, he wants to of. go home. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think that Clint's gonna be like, okay, we'll do this. You shoot up or whatever, and and then Jack's gonna be like, maybe you should shoot this way. <laughs> maybe it'll be better <laughs> so I think he's gonna have you like the little voice in the background that says random things just to just to make Clint look stupid <laughs> he's gonna be a peanut just to gallery. make him look better yeah, just like yeah 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 I think back. that's what's gonna happen next episode I think it's gonna be really funny but I, I'm excited I'm excited for the next episode I keep getting more and more excited for the whole series in general and we only have three episodes left cause this, we're already oh, halfway really? through wow yeah yep. sure doesn't feel like You're it halfway through <laughs> it doesn't but uh yeah steven what are your thoughts on this end end scene no actually i was gonna have that theory i was gonna have a theory the, the theory that um jack pulls out the sword and in the next episode he pulls it away like he retracts it because it is a retractable sword and he goes clint my man what are you doing here and like clint's like i was i could say the same thing about you and then Kate comes in like, you know that you know him. This is my um, stepfather to be, or or uh, or um, what do you call it? Like 
devil father. What, what, what do they call it? The, the evil, evil stepfather. The evil stepfather. I've been telling you about. I like my devil, devil father. father. Sorry. <laughs> I love devil father. Devil father. <laughs> no, that's. I am yeah. so in for devil father. So this is my devil father to be. Like, how do you guys know each other? Well, like, we've trained together for so long. He was my he was my mentor and all that stuff. And then Kate starts to try prying more information out of uh, Jacques. Maybe this is the episode. Next, maybe the next episode is where we start finding out that he's on her side. Oh, for sure. Yeah. You know? sure. And yeah. that he didn't mean anything intentionally to hurt her or to make her think that um, that he was uh, a threat. Maybe... He cares about the mom. Maybe he truly does care about Kate. He care, Maybe he does care a little bit about the mom. Maybe... You start to you start hearing more about why he is where he is. Hmm. Um, my biggest thing, though, is that it's rumored that that um, Yelena is gonna be in episode four, I believe, of mm-hmm. of the Hawkeye series. How does she tie into this episode? How does she tie into this plot going uh. forward? Is it gonna be a subplot? That we that we it's one episode long and that's it and we go back to the regular plot or does it really tie into the um, the tracksuit mafia and Uncle our Kingpin and his his whole crew does maybe it, she's like, working for Kingpin or working with him to get what information if, yeah what if um, it was Kingpin like you know back in in Black Widow at the end the post credit scene when I I don't remember the girl's name but she was. The uh, actress from Madame Val. Hydra. Val, thank you, Val. Oh yeah. So she brings the tablet up and she goes, but "Mike is also this correct. This is so. your sister. Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so she says, "This is your sister's uh, killer or murder or whatever," and it shows a picture of Hawkeye. Um, what if the person who's sending that? It's kind of like a kill note, uh, a burn notice, or a kill notice, whatever, whatever. Um, yeah. You sent that. Who, what if that was? kingpin sending that to, i to, don't to kind i don't of... think so I, I have to disagree with you right here only because oh, they um <laughs> because what's her name <laughs> echo echo and kazi are going against his orders kingpin's orders and he they say that uncle wouldn't be happy if you told him what you were doing with clint yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's why i don't think that but did, I don't think it, Kingpin's going to be involved in trying to hurt Clint only because I think that Clint was helping him during the five-year time jump. But so, do we really But do we really hear them say he doesn't want you to do anything with Clint or does he want to be the one that handles Clint in his way? Well, I mean, it just, it just made it sound like they if they – if Kingpin would have found out what they were doing, he'd be very upset. And why would they? Why would he be upset? If Maya's the one that's that's uh, killing Clint. Well, at that point, they weren't killing. Well, well, that was like, that was the end of the episode, wasn't it? Well, they so had him captured. They already had lo- they already had right. lost him. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Uh, so you could be right. Maybe maybe Yelena Belova is uh, is getting information from Kingpin. I don't personally think so. I think Elena Belova is going to find King Flying Kit on her own. She's very skilled yeah. warrior and assassin, and I think she's going to be able to f- do it on her own. 
and uh, to I be think she's probably going to be a third party, right? She's going to be working solo, yeah. like in the shadows. They're gonna, type yeah. Thing. yeah, I think that she, they're going to be, they might fight her for a little bit next episode and then be like, oh shit, wait, you didn't kill my sister? No, I didn't kill her. She jumped, man. <laughs> High five. <laughs> yeah. No, Yay. but you know, in, in typical Marvel fashion, of course what they're going to do, and they do this with everything, they did it with Taskmaster, they do it with anyone, they did it with Bucky Barnes, is they're going to spend the entire episode fighting someone in a mask or a suit, and at the very end, either this, this mask gets knocked off or she takes it off, mm-hmm. and oh my god, it's Yelena. But 90% of the yep. episode is going to be that person that's in a hood or like a stealth suit or whatever Stopping it is. Them. And then it's going to have the big reveal at the end. Yeah. But okay. Clint, Clint doesn't like know Scooby-Doo. who Yelena is, right? I don't know. I don't believe so. I'm only guessing. Eh. I'm only guessing. Unless, I mean, they, they he and, and uh, Black Widow, whatever... Uh, worked for so long together that I'm assuming she there's not any direct references to her telling uh, Clint about her family no she oh, never mentions Elena in any of the movies or, or her parents like they never mention any of that stuff so there'll probably be a moment of Elena referencing Scarlett Johansson <laughs> or yeah, Natasha yeah. rather and then him be like who but so... out of I mean as of right now Elena's the only one that knows won't well, is one of the people that might be in the show that knows that Clint was Ronan because she sees the picture of him with the suit on. And what if she releases that picture on uh, on every single news station MySpace, in the country yeah. and now Clint has to turn himself in? That he's got to go to Doctor Strange and try to get a spell cast to make people yeah. forget that he was Ronan. I want everyone to forget I was Ronan. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. That's the actual start of Spider-Man No Way Home. <laughs> they just CGI Tom, Tom, Tom Holland's not even in the movie. Right. He's just, <laughs> it's just Clint. Tom Holland comes oh, back man. at the end of the movie. He's like, what I miss? I do have a prediction, though. Oh, let's hear it. Real quick. I know I, I was going to say it before, but we jumped into another, another part of the show. So I think, prediction-wise, I think that at the beginning of the next episode, the sword's going to be to Clint's throat, and... Then they might do a little banter, but then when you look to the right, Kate ha- Kate's holding an, a sword to Jack's throat and says, I'm not going to miss ah. this time. <gasps> oh, because yeah. she tried to stab him I'm not going to miss this time. That's Put it right. down. <laughs> I'm not going to miss this time. And she's like, whoa, he's like, whoa, whoa, wait. Oh, we're friends, right? We're friends. We got this. You're my, I'm your my daughter. I'm your daddy. Who is that an impression <laughs> of? the hell says it like that? Okay. Was that, was that Mario that's he, Mario? From, <laughs> that's what he's going to say. I was hey, doing it as like, he has a uh, mustache? As <laughs> Co- <laughs> Coach Steve. Joe, Coach Joe Steve Pesci from style. Big Mouth. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Joe Pesci style. Coach Steve. Yeah, 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 yeah. What are you doing, kid? You're going to poke your eye out. That's what he's gonna sound like next episode. Yeah. So that's my that's my prediction. That's what's that gonna really happen. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, but guys, was there any other last thoughts about that? Because I do have one last thought about something I, I really thought was cool about. The I episode. just wanted to say that I was very happy to, for there to be multiple close-up sections of Lucky the Pizza Dog and how I, much <laughs> I enjoy that dog. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Also, having a golden retriever myself, I I really enjoy <laughs> all the shots of him. He's a cute. He's a good boy. Yeah, he's a good boy. 
<laughs> she called them little old little Caesars or whatever. Yep, but she that's right. right yeah. <laughs> little Caesars. <laughs> She's just calling a bunch of pizza places. <laughs> yeah. And then she ended on Pizza Dog, huh. if I'm not mistaken. She yeah, did. His name is Lucky the Pizza Dog, but she hasn't called him Lucky yet. She not just yet. keeps calling him Pizza Dog. But, she has to look out one more time. Can I just say something about the episode real quick? Mm-hmm. You know that I keep talking. But I just the love point. the parallel, the parallel, <laughs> the the parallel between Kate, Bishop, and Echo. And the fact that one of them grew up rich, lost their father, became a superhero. One of them grew up poor and lost their father, became a villain. It's just... It's just such a cool parallel between yeah, the two of them. Cool, they're they're pretty point. much the same age, and they just they just if it, the, if the positions were switched, it just would have been. It's just so cool the way that they that they they're so similar. We see both of them as children. Both of their parents, they're both their fathers pass away, and now they're both on either side of things, and they could, could go either way. I'm not really for Kate Bishop. I think she's always going to be a superhero, but I think that. Echo could eventually be swayed towards Kate's side and become, be like, hey, maybe I'm on the wrong side of things. I shouldn't be doing what I'm doing and become more of an antihero, kind of like a daredevil or uh, other people in that that realm. But, you, think, yeah. uh, you think someone's going to reference talking to Echo, call her a little dragon or something, and it's going to be like, oh, my dad used <laughs> to call me that. Hey, how do you know that? So, how do you dragon. know that? How Dad? do you know that name? <laughs> <laughs> that Father? is crazy. I really yeah. hope Clint didn't actually kill Echo's father, though. I th- I hope it was another. I hope it was like Jack, Jack as Ronan. Right? Yeah, that's what I was yeah. thinking too. Yeah, yeah. I hope it was another version of him. But there are multiple suits out there. I just really hope there? it wasn't Clint. I no, I just think, like I said, I think that uh, I think that Jack was the original Ronan. I think that he trained Clint with the sword, and then kind of Clint took up the mantle after Jack retired it to him. And that's why he he wanted that sword so bad because it was his sword. It was Ronan's sword, but it became Clint's, and then he got, he lost the sword. So I think. But we don't Jack know. Was we don't know when the yeah. scene of her. Um, she right. just like. It, how when far she grows in the timeline up, right? is. Exactly. Yeah. When, it, when she goes back to Fat Man Repair Shop. Fat um, Man, which is another another reference to the Kingpin. Oh, that, it is a reference to Kingpin. That's a good oh, point. I didn't, yeah, I didn't really, catch that. Yeah. Um, yep. I'm sure Kingpin wouldn't really appreciate that, but uh, <laughs> we don't know how far, you know, when that actually happened, so it Damn could have very Russians. well been Jack as Roman. Yeah. <laughs> Fat Man. Been. Could have been. But yeah. That's uh, I think that's all of my thoughts on that's this all episode. That's all. Yeah, that's everything I got. I have one last thing. It's not a theory or anything, Go but for it's just it. a very small right, thing. Go ahead, talk for twenty five so, minutes about it. <laughs> tell us all the it. small things. You got it. So very very small yeah. thing. Two hours later. Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> so we see Clint and uh, Kate go to this random woman after the chase scenes like that because they want to fix the hearing aid. And then they go. They jump oh, to yeah. the the restaurant and it's like that. And she, you see, Clint looking at you from her, his perspective. Clint looking at Kate. She's talking, and you don't hear anything. I'm like, oh, okay. So they didn't fix the hearing aid. So he's still struggling. And all of a sudden, he t- he turns over, and he twists his hearing aid on. And I'm like, you motherfucker! <laughs> you just muted out he her just entire conversation. Yeah. Now, that was a cute. I don't. 
I don't know why I found that to be a cute moment. It was a, it was a funny moment. That but was, it was also it was really cute. cute because it just shows that um, there can be some. It, it, you, you can you can you control uh, in a way. Yeah. You know, you control each other in a way. She, when she know. said, uh, "Has that been out the whole time?" I've been out the entire time. She's like, it's like <laughs> "Yeah." And it brings you back to when Some he more muted coffee, everybody please? out. Yeah. Yeah. When he when he muted everybody out in the movie, in the, the musical. Oh, in the musical. Yeah. That's right. He, yeah. He's like, this isn't worth my time. But in this case, it didn't feel like it was, it's not worth my time. It's just, oh, this is just a teenager just, you know, rambling on about, just about all different things. And, you know, I've heard it all before. So I'm going to turn my thing back on. And she's going to give me the, the small gist of what she just said in like an hour, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so. <laughs> give me the, the Spark Notes version of yeah, what you Oh, okay. It's just I'm sure fun. we all wish we could do that sometimes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If I could Spark Notes myself, <laughs> man, that'd really... be awesome. <laughs> yeah. No, that's, that was uh, that's a good point. Good point. Or maybe he was just trying to learn how to read lips. Who knows? Because that's what it, he was staring at her, right? So it it seemed like he was trying to, like, f- figure out what she was saying, what and then he, the, he gave up and just turned it what, on. Yeah, what was coffee. the thing that he said uh, when he was in the warehouse when he was tied when he was tied up and he tried to do ASL? Did he say like, um, he said oh, sorry, he said, more cookies, more please, cookie? thank you. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, more, she rolled more her eyes, cookie, yeah. please, thank you. <laughs> She's like, okay, well, because she untied his hands just for him to sign to her. And then when she realized he didn't know how to sign. Yeah, she seemed kind of hopeful. for his, Yeah, 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 exactly. And then they tied. And that was the only reason why he was able to get away, because she untied his hands on the front and then tied him to the back to create the fric- friction. Oh, that's right. On the back of the. Oh, that's right. So that's the only reason why he got away. <laughs> and then Kate's like. But, Tell me how to I do just, that. Tell me how to do that. I don't understand his plan, though, because he got in there. He said, catch and release, right? Right. He was going to try to convince them that they were wrong about Kate Bishop being Ronan. And then oh, after yeah, and that, then what? get shot? what was going to happen? Yeah, like, how was he going to get out of that before? I don't know. It's it's Klimp, so he probably had his ways. Uh, I'm just curious because he, some... he, he, <laughs> he was too overconfident. In the second episode, at the end, because he shows the bad guys his hands. He's like, you know what? I could easily get out of this at any time. But why would you show them that? Because your whole point here is to try convincing them that you're not gonna harm somebody. That's but true. Why would you show them? Oh, I can get out of this at up. any point. I'm, if you if you try to fuck with me, I can take you down. And of course, Kate Bishop falls through the uh, oh, the yeah, glass. True. But I'm just trying to figure out how you would truly. And that, you know? Yeah. It doesn't really make any sense because if he if he was going to try to get out of there later, why would he try to... Why would he fake escape then to show them that he could get out of it? It doesn't make any sense. Right. But... Yeah, you're right. You're right. Maybe you're he right. didn't know. <laughs> you know? He's just, he's just winging Maybe. it. What if, what Maybe if because that it wasn't... was before she fell through the, the, the roof, right? Yeah. Right. What if that wasn't you... Clint Barton planning that out? What if that was Jeremy Renner fucking up and they kept it in the scenes like, oh, shit, uh, I'm tied. <laughs> yeah, I could do this to any point if I want to, and they could improvise that. From... It's like, we'll keep it in there. Why not? And then Haley Steinfeld accidentally fell through the through It's the like, shit. <laughs> yeah. All right, we'll keep it in there. I guess she's captured now. The whole now. thing was improv, yeah. Yeah. None of it The whole time she was supposed script. to just like, take everybody out with arrows from the top. And uh, she <laughs> fell through by accident. They're like, all right, this is part of the plot now. It's just a goof. Yep. Mm-hmm. Just a goof. Well, any more thoughts, Stephen? Nope. I am thought it out. All right. Well, yeah, this was a 
nice long episode. Yeah, <laughs> I, I thought it was going to be their shortest one yet, but somehow it became over yeah. two hours. We, we mentioned before we started recording that Matt said he thought it was going to be our shortest episode yet with the amount of things <laughs> that we uh, had to talk about. And we somehow, yep. at, right at this second, are at two hours and seven minutes. This is one of our longest episodes. Yeah. Oh, my God. It might be our longest I think episode. We, probably, because I think we finished talking about Spider-Man about an hour through <laughs> so, we somehow we had a lot of spider-man of our, <laughs> our podcast yeah, today. Oh, we man. had nothing yeah. to not a lot of talk about and somehow went on for over two hours yeah yep <laughs> you know what that's the flavor uh, the geek way babe we don't stop yeah. talking yeah. all right yep, so yep. subscribe you seven percent of our Absolutely. listeners in germany i'm looking at you four <laughs> percent actually four percent i went down well, yeah, yeah, I think so. no. I, I think the most of the people that <laughs> listen to us are from America, from what I saw on on Anchor. Yeah, yeah. Yep. At a boy. That is true. That is Thank true. Thank you, all of you out but there. We don't discriminate. Anyone wants to listen, listen, please. I believe one <laughs> of our subscribers, his name was like Butt Nut, and I'm a big fan of that person. So <laughs> you're, my favorite, you're my favorite subscriber. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're gonna we're gonna to talk about. Um, Hawkeye episode four next week, next Wednesday, that, that comes out, episode four. It's probably going to be a pretty crazy episode. I think it's one of the longest episodes as well. And the director said she's very excited about this and the rest of the season because a lot of things to show. Also, uh, she just said, she said that she doesn't want to tell everyone where it shows up in the timeline. Like we discussed last week, I don't, I'm kind of confused and where it falls between um, what happens in No Way Home and Hawkeye. But we'll... Uh, guess we'll figure that out in two weeks from now we'll figure that out and uh yeah so this has been the flavor of the geek podcast where we talk about all things geek it was such a fun one thank you so much for everyone listening and remember my name is matthew my name is mike and my name is steven and we, we love, love you 3000, 3000.